How are we doing, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of Punch the Air podcast. We got our first NFL podcast of the new season. I think this is Woo. more of our bread and butter versus NBA oh, anyways. Uh, to your right, we got Aaron Powell. He's been on a few. Glad to be back. Appreciate the invite. Glad to have you, brother. Then we got Lil Bro here on the left. I think this is your second appearance. Second appearance. Sophomore it's, campaign. It's my pleasure. It's nice Sophomore to be season. here. Sophomore here with Big Bro and Big Bro friends. Oh, yeah. Feels good. And then on the Zoom call, as always, we got the man, Big E, Ethan Davis. Hello, hello, the, hello. With the new TikTok light. Looking shiny. Yes, sir. My new selfie ever. stick. Watch oh, out, watch out. Hell, yeah. <laughs> hell, yeah. But, yeah, guys, so today, NFL pod. Um, we're going to be going over the NFC North, giving our outlook on all four teams, record predictions, division breakdowns, all that good stuff. Um, we have uh, top 10 teams power ranking that Luke's going to provide us, and we're going to go over all that. I got an NFC quarterback tier we'll go over, some off-season winners and losers that we have, and then last but not least, bold predictions for the upcoming season, then also one fun question at the end. But boys... Let's hop into the NFC North. Um, this division wasn't very good last year. Obviously, the Packers lost Aaron Rodgers. Been a lot of turnover in this division, and it's honestly a pretty interesting division. Like the Vikings won it last year. We're expecting some regression there. The Packers obviously have Jordan Love in. Can the Bears take the next step with Justin Fields going another year? Um, new pieces and the Lions, who now may be the favorites. Definitely. But let's start off with the with the Pack. How are we feeling about the Packers' outlook this year? Well, I would, I'll say, I'll say this. I'm, I don't know if I'm a believer in Jordan Love quite just yet to see how he's looking in preseason, or if they're not playing him in preseason, that may give me a little more confidence in them because they feel good about it. So, um, my faith is coming in with how Jordan Love is going to do because I think, uh, I think they've been kind of getting lucky with having Rodgers there for quite a while, kind of keeping things together. So um, it's going to be a new voice in there this time around. So it's going to be interesting to see how they recover from that. And they're kind of in a bad spot because this division is just continually getting better, except I could argue maybe the Vikings are going to slide because I personally think Kirk Cousins is going to suck this year, but we're getting into that. But uh, with that being said, um, teams are on the up and up in that division, and I don't feel like they're on the up and up. I feel like they're on the regression to a rebuild state because they don't I don't think they know if they need to rebuild yet or not they're trying to figure that out so that's kind of a bad spot to be in yeah, yeah. they're kind of in a weird place right now to where it's like are they rebuilding or are they contending like the roster is still good all around I mean the defense is stacked the online's going to be healthy um, you hope you, you hope know, it is you hope it yeah. is I mean it's looking healthy mm -hmm. now they didn't have Bakatari a lot of last year but... yeah I mean, it, it's it all falls on Jordan Love. He has some decent weapons now. You know, he's got they drafted two tight ends. He's got good running backs. I mean, he's got you know power back and AJ, and then he's got uh, Jones, who's I mean all around back mm -hmm. and dude. But like, it all falls on Jordan Love, and I I think he's gonna shit the bed if we're being honest. Well, from what we've seen from Jordan Love to this point, he hasn't shown us anything that's just like spectacular, blows you out of the water, first yeah. round pick, quarterback type of deal. I, I personally think this season falls more on Coach LaFleur. Um, it's, it's all up to him. He, you know, you've had three years, I think three years with love, right? Yeah. 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 Three, yeah. Three, yeah, three, years. Years. Three, yeah three years of Rodgers carrying him. Three years of Rodgers carrying him. He's had time to study under one of the goats of football, you know, watch film with him, be in, be in that QB room. And if you don't have your guy ready, I mean – that's on you, especially because looking at the Packers roster right now, the backup QB, Sean Clifford, maybe? 
it's like it's so really bad. gonna have to all fall in love because you don't have any other options there they, it's not like they went out and signed a veteran as like a safety net for him like they're putting all the chips in on love and just a fun fact about the packers this is going to be the first year since 1992 that brett Favre or aaron Rodgers didn't start for the packers wow two qbs in the last what what is that 30 years yeah what Something is that like, yeah, like, hall of fame qb is that like uh, exactly week one starter because i know rogers has been out you know like a year or two is that yeah yeah like yeah official, yeah, week, uh, one like official week one starters but yeah. Yeah. what do you what do y'all have their record being this year so i i said six and eleven that's exactly what i um, have <laughs> i mean like you said it really just all depends on jordan love and we he only started one game two years ago against the chiefs we haven't really seen him play. He didn't even play that much at Utah State. He wasn't even that good at Utah State. So no. mm-hmm. it's like he is – there's a few unknowns in the league this year. He is probably the biggest question mark unknown yeah. of, of like, okay, let's see what you can do. But of yeah, the non-rookies, yeah. Of yeah. the non-rookies. Parlaying off what you said, though, with LaFleur, I think this is just as big of a year for LaFleur as it is oh. for Jordan Love. This is and where I, you see how good a coach you are right here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's inherited Rodgers since he's been in Green Bay. They've had great regular season success, not any postseason success. Yeah. But so listen to this. So Matt LaFleur and coaches that have coached at least 50 games, he has a 47 and 19 record as a coach that gives him a 71.2 win percentage. That would be of coaches that have coached 50 plus games, fourth best in NFL history behind Guy Chamberlain, John Madden, Vince Lombardi. So, I mean, his regular season success with Rogers has been impeccable. Um, haven't seen that postseason success, but. Like you said, I think if Jordan or LaFleur is contingent on Jordan Love's success. If Jordan Love just looks unprepared, the offense is stalling, they're not doing yeah. anything or seeing yeah. any progression. Next offseason, we could be going in. Obviously, Jordan Love would be out. And then obviously after that, the question is, is LaFleur the guy? And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people have wanted to put LaFleur, not in the McVeigh tier, but like right below that. Yeah, you know, if he's one of these year. young, you know, elite offensive minded head coaches. But, like, that's what I'm excited to see is let's see what he does without Aaron Rodgers yeah. and make or break yeah. for him right here, honestly. Yeah, because they got enough pieces. They're going to – like, I got them winning six. They're going to win at least, like, four or five just off the defense and the pieces the around him. Game, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you could have freaking yeah. Colt McCoy in there, and he's going to win mm-hmm. five or six games. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why I have them winning six games. Like, I, I think uh, – I think, like, a big – I think, like, a big thing for them, I got them going seven and ten. So, just kind of close, same idea. Um, but I kind of going back to – or to the floor here i think every great nfl coach their reputation has been how they've been able to develop an nfl quarterback so i'm not saying that this is kind of make or break for lafleur in terms of his coaching career but i will say in terms of you know getting another packer with that franchise's legacy it definitely matters a lot because i mean you've had two hall of famers at quarterback you're kind of brought in there to expect you know he may not be here forever and we know you probably may be here a little longer than he is. So um, you kind of got to be able to get us another great quarterback too, or else we're going to have to find someone else that can. And that's usually how things work in the NFL. So um, poor quarterback play or poor QB situations usually lead to coaches on the hot seat. So that's just kind of mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. But it also makes a great coach when they develop them. So that's another thing. I mean, you've looked at Andy Reid, what he's done with his quarterbacks. Look, obviously, with Bill Belichick, I mean, maybe not Mac Jones, but at least with Tom Brady, that, looked, that worked out pretty well. Um, but you could go on and on with coaches throughout history, and most of them have had to develop a quarterback at some point that was either near Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame level. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, like you said too, they at some point they have some project that they have to develop and craft into a winning team. And like you said, the defense and run game alone should make this team competitive. Unless Jordan right. Love just shits his pants completely to where he's just turnover after turnover. Like they're gonna be a competitive team. They're not gonna be just a Texans sorry, Biggie. No, just, I know. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're an, getting there. An easy out. But I mean they're gonna be competitive. And I, I think that LaFleur should take a page out of Brian Dable's book this past season in New York. Like, and that's probably what we're going to see, I would guess, a simple offense where we're going to lean in on the run game, we're going to lean in on the, the easy passes, the easy reads, and then let the defense cook. And the mm -hmm. defense statistically last year, um, 26 against the run, 6th in passing. Uh, they obviously got gashed in the run, but late last season they really turned it on. And this is a defense and a run game and you know offense d-line to where they can lean in that and they can make life easy for jordan love you're going to get the big plays from watson you're going to get the plays from dubs so i mean it, it i don't think jordan love has to blow anyone out of the water but we need to see that he looks well, comfortable enough to to be the guy they're going to roll with too is like you know they keep saying yeah it's like lafleur is like an offensive guru whatever the hell you want to use mm -hmm. terminology but i mean almost every big play from the last like two or three years on the you see from the packers it's rogers just freaking getting out of something, running, you know, running to the side, just making something up on the go. Like I, I don't really see Lafleur. I don't, I don't see it. Like, well, that's where that. that's yeah. where Christian Watson's going to help him because last yeah, year most like of Christian, Watson Christian Watson's big plays were him just outrunning people. Yeah, and I mean he's mm -hmm. it's also Rogers outrunning the O line. You know, yeah, to him like, improvising. Yeah, like, like I, to your point too, Luke is is that you know. Rodgers had safety nets. He had Tanyan, who he trusted. He had Randall Cobb, who he trusted. So he could go and make yeah. plays outside of the pocket because he had some safety there. They don't have that. Tanyan's gone. And, I mean, Randall Cobb is going with Rodgers. So that's out the window. I mean, they're going to have to lean on their defense and their run game. I think they got one of the best defenses in the NFL, which is mm -hmm. the only reason that I yeah. got them winning seven games. Same. But, yeah, seven and ten was, was my prediction as well. Now let me ask you all this: Is there, what's the ceiling for the Packers? I mean, what's the best nine and eight could be like nine and eight? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I think so. I don't think they're winning ten because I just no. it's never good to be in a situation where you're trying to figure it out. That usually doesn't lead to like a winning season. So I think nine and eight yeah. is the best case scenario. You need more. Yeah, you need more of a plan. Like yeah, a yeah. goal. I mm -hmm. agree. Yeah, if I had to give my my final take, I I think. I agree with you, Luke. I think that love is probably not going to be it. Um, and I think that LaFleur next offseason, we're going to come into talks to her. Is he the guy? And right. they're going to go get another QB, yeah. and he's going to have to prove it with that QB. I think they're going to give him a, a pat on the back and say, love, obviously wasn't our guy, but it's to be determined, I guess, for right, right. now. To be, to be determined. So one question I have is, like, do y'all have a guy on the team that you're, like, high on going to the season or a guy that you're going, like, a low, low going in yeah. on? I mean, Christian Watson, obviously, from yeah, like that flashes we saw of him last year, he's he's he, he's going to be their main perimeter guy, and then the run game. I mean, mm -hmm. but the defense, like you said, the defense is solid. The defense and run yeah. game will keep them in games. I'm looking but, forward to seeing Luke Van Ness out there. I think it, that okay. could be T.J. Watt Jr. right there, potentially. I, I, we'll have to see, but he's got the same build as he does and same type of play style out of college. So I think he he's interests me because I wonder how they're going to work that in with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. He's still above above average pass rusher. So I mean, um, 
Now that's a that's a could be a three headed monster right there, depending on how Van Ness pans out. So that's scary. Biggie, I agree. Like my thing with Van Ness is he is the most Packery pick I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. And like my, yeah. like in like two years, him and Ron, Rashawn Gary are going to be an insane combo. Like yeah, yeah. That, that's my my opinion. Him and that. Gary were kind of like the same pick, like middle first yeah. round guys that had a lot oh, of yeah. upside and a lot of college experience. Big ten, now, big ten. Yeah, now yeah. Gary's one of the, you know the most dominant you know one of the highest paid outside the, linebackers too. Yeah, so he's yeah, great. He's absolutely great. All right, next team, we got the Detroit Lions. Um, this team, they started off terrible last year. They turned it on late, almost made the playoffs if it wasn't for the Bucks getting that win. They're actually going to sneak in. But, I mean, this team is now, like, they're they're the pick in this division. I mean, they yeah. got a lot of juice on offense. The defense last year was terrible, but they added some pieces. They get year two of Aiden Hutcherson. So, how, how are we feeling about Detroit? I, lo- I love Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. Like, so, one thing, I, I like, I have – Last season they ended the season eight and two, and so they're they're riding the high already. And then you take that and you add in like, what is it like two or three first round picks, and then two or three second round picks. Like, and all the guys they added are super exciting, and they're at positions of need and everything. Like, I think they're going to be really fun. Like, and you give Jared Goff a guy. He's I mean you know he's been in the league six seven years now. He's been to a Super Bowl. He knows how the games played. Like. He knows what he has to do. When you surround him with that much talent, I think their offense. I mean, it was like top three last year already, right? I think they're going to be. It was up there. Yeah, I think they'll be. Yeah, top yeah it was. It was year. a top five scoring offense for sure. Yeah, so they'll be. The I think they'll have a top three offense, and then I think they upgraded the defensive secondary a ton, which was big. But I, it'll still be, you know, some holes in the defense. But I'm excited for them. Yeah, in the secondary, just so they added Cameron Sutton um, from the Broncos, Emmanuel Mosley from the Niners, and then they drafted. Brian Branch from Bama, who was a, a steal, and, in most and they added uh, CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah. God, that's a that guy on just a one year deal. That guy's the perfect Dan Campbell yeah. guy. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, like yeah, that's God. what I'm like. All the guys they drafted, like Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jack Campbell, like they're all they just seem like Dan. Or, yeah, very uh, high on Jack Campbell. Yeah, oh. I know a lot of people thought that that was a reach right there, but I mean. There's just some stigma from picking, you know, <laughs> white linebacker from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that guy is a freak athlete. Um, he's one of the best athletes on Iowa football. Uh, he has, like, lots of Keekly traits. He was one of the smartest guys in the locker room. Very – won many awards at Iowa. Um, I think sticking him on the Lions and allowing him to, you know, be part of that culture, uh, I thought that that was a great pick. Overall, I mean, their defense – is definitely going to be improved. I mean, they were the, I think the 32nd, I think that they were last in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're right. only one way to terrible. go up from here, but um, you know, Aiden Hutchins is coming back on the line. Uh, I think they gave up on Jeff Akuda too early, but I they agree. still added some pieces to that secondary that you got to be excited about. Hmm. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL, mm-hmm. losing yep. Jamal Williams, losing um, DeAndre Swift. Uh, interesting little shakeup. You know, you get a guy who's had some carries right across the division and David Montgomery. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs is very talented. I think they reached a little bit for him. But yeah. Jamison Williams should be back. I don't know what Yeah, the, he should be back. It's like after like four, four yeah. to six weeks or something. But, but it's been the whole year, Dude, though. Jamison Williams is going to be really yeah. good The thing with year. the running back, dude, like you said, they, they lost those two. But 
I think you could make an argument even that they upgraded with Gibbs and Montgomery. Yeah. And the thing, like you said, like the, a lot of people shit on the Gibbs and Campbell picks because they weren't the sexiest picks, the highest upside picks. But those are safe picks and win now picks. Yeah. Like right. Gibbs was not they supposed to guys. go at 12, but he's going to he's gonna eat. And I don't know if he's going to be a guy in six, seven years is going to be great. But on his rookie deal, he's still got a lot of juice in the legs. He didn't even touch the ball too much at Bama. He's fantasy-wise, too. He's going to absolutely eat for him. Yeah, I like him, and I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a big part of how they, you know, do this year because part of what can help out a secondary is having a solid pass rush. So if he develops into, you know, a near Pro Bowler or a Pro Bowler type level player this year, that's what he should be doing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, that's that's what he drafted the guy number two for. Um, So with that being said, I mean, if he takes a big step up and causes havoc, he's going to start creating more opportunities for other guys who are hungry on that team. Cause that's just what the whole team is. So hopefully you get some guys in there with that mindset. They just kind of take advantage of the opportunities that are given on top of having a guy who's hopefully going to be a top threat in the league in terms of pass rush. So that should help out a secondary, especially if he's going to be, you know, almost like covering you when he's right on you before you throw the ball. So that's going to make it tough. So. Yeah. One, one thing too, like uh, I thought it, I, it's kind of random in my opinion that they drafted Hendon hooker. But I think he's going to kind of elevate Goff a little because, you know, he's he's like already 25. You know, the team likes his likes him, likes his attitude. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to kind of just kind of push Goff a little bit just over the edge. I like, think I'm he'll not, be a good fill in in case yeah. something happens to Goff. I honestly do. Yeah. I don't and think I, think, like, I think he's got like a Case Keenum-esque vibe to him kind of, to yeah. me, honestly. Well, and he's got upside as the future QB potential. Yeah, and so exactly. you're, and when you're the current QB and you put in a guy like that, you're like, hey, I got competition now. Like, I have I have mm-hmm. to work like. Yeah, if God, if we see the bad Jared Goff, which we have seen before, then you can see fans, you know, maybe yeah. shouting Hooker's name. But l- yeah. let me ask, let me ask you this question. So last year, the whole the whole Dan Campbell mindset is we are this scrappy underdog mentality team, and we play with a chip on our shoulder. My question is, it w- will that hurt them in a negative way this year? Now that everyone's ready to crown them as the favorites in the NFC North. Could that potentially hurt them and the philosophy and mindset of this team that they are not now they're not the underdog anymore? They're the they're mm-hmm. the big dogs now in this conference with or this division with Rogers gone. Could we see a slight regression in them from you know from that kind of mindset? That's a good point. Um, you know, I I don't know. If you instill a culture, I mean, obviously in the NFL it's it's not as culture intent as say college football because in the nfl it's all professionals these are grown men who've been here done this veterans but that doesn't just go away overnight you know that gets instilled and the players bring that to you know the players are in that locker room bring that to the free agents who step in i i do want to see i don't know how complex they were and that was just due to the pieces that they had on their offense I would like to see, you know, now you add Marvin Jones, you got realistically a four-group four, four wide receiver set of Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, Marvin Jones Jr., and Josh Reynolds. That's pretty damn good. That's yeah. one of the best in the league right there. Like, I want to see him turn the playbook up a little bit, experiment, and maybe just, like, kind of take that next step into being a more dominant offense and walking with kind of maybe not as much of an underdog mentality but trying to maintain the grittiness that they had yeah Yeah. so i think it's like 
you almost want the mindset of like the Eagles have, you know, it's like, right. Like we, 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 we built up to here and now we're, we yeah. want to stay up here. Like, cause my thing, like I said earlier, you know, like he, they drafted guys to come compete for starting spots and the guys they drafted fit their core. Like they reached on them because they fit their team so well. And like, I'm like, I can't blame you for that. Like, so that's why I don't think that, that's going to that, go away. That's a good point because that when after Philly lost to the Bucks in the playoff game that, that year, that, the Philly kind of had that underdog mentality, and then we saw them take the next step. And yeah, because everyone they, hated Jalen Hurts. They didn't. They didn't mm -hmm. shy away from the moment. They they leaned into it and they accepted it and said, "Okay, we are this good. We yeah. are this legit." I do want to see Detroit do that because that Dan Campbell is obviously not known as a offensive guy, a wizard by any means. He's 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 still the coach, and he's getting his credit because he does instill this culture and this just big dog, like, chip on our shoulder, like, we will out-hustle you, outplay you kind of mindset, which, I mean, that's why he's the coach there. Right. But what – so I have one guy as an X-Factor for Detroit this year. I – to be honest with you, I didn't even know who this guy was until I did a little bit of research, but his name is James Houston. So James Houston is going to be the guy across from Aiden Hutchinson. James Houston last year had eight sacks in seven games played. He had eight – obviously, he's not going to sustain that type <laughs> yeah. of play. But he also had an 88.2 pass rush grade, according to PFF, which was seventh among edge rushers that were qualified. If that guy can even come close to maintaining that kind of play opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, and they could have a real pass rush, then this defense could actually mm -hmm. be decent. And if this defense is just – if it's even middle of the pack, then this team's going to win this division because we know yeah. how much juice this offense has and we know what this offense is capable of. Yeah. Even, and they even upgrade even more this offseason. So – I'm looking out for him. I'm I'm seeing if he could be that guy next to Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know if we got a little fool's gold last year from him in those seven games played, but he's my one guy to watch out for on the Lions. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I like that. I really I think, like too, too. A, a big guy that's going to contribute. I mean, aside from, I think, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be the biggest addition for them, I think, in terms of, like, because that's, that's a winning mindset type of player. And to kind of get back to what you were saying about – you know, how are they getting away from this mindset? You bring in guys like that motherfucker right there, and that'll change the mindset real quick because he's not going to let anyone slide on shit and being an underdog. Like, yes, they might have that dog mentality, but it's dog mentality now. It's not underdog mentality. Like, they're yes. still yeah. they're still scrappy. They're still aggressive. It's just now, now they're the big dog now. They got to defend their court. And I think what we've seen in the past with successful teams that make big runs in the playoffs, they have a pass rush that can cause problems on the elite quarterback because even the most elite quarterbacks struggle when they're getting put on their ass every single play. Yep. So if they can get James Houston to be as good or not as good, but maybe, you know, as productive as Aiden Hutchinson was in his rookie year on top of having Aiden Hutchinson being a monster this year, plus the fact that NFC is not that deep this year, um, that could that could get you in a good spot to be if you can get that pass rush. But if you don't, you're going to have to rely on these guys that you paid a lot of money to. And sometimes when those things happen and the big money moves don't pan out, that can cause regression again. So the big thing for the Lions is what y'all said, is just keeping that Eagles mentality. Like we've built up to this. We've added pieces to this. And a great thing is, is that, hey, they had Chauncey Garner-Johnson from that Eagles team to kind of sum it all up. So I think he's going to be huge for them. And that's kind of yep. the type of player they need is someone like him because he made a difference when the Eagles got him on their defense. And they're kind of hoping he's going to elevate these guys and get these young guys ready to go. So I like what they're doing. And when you look at like the that. Eagles kind of trajectory too, like they're kind of, I'm not like, I think the difference is Goff and Hurts. I think Goff mm -hmm. Hurts is a much more sure. talented, yeah. able quarterback than Goff. But they're kind of on that same trajectory to where, like, the Eagles, they got steamrolled against the Bucks. They didn't really belong in the playoffs. And Detroit, you know, they probably didn't expect to be as competitive last year in the second half as they were. 
But yeah, mm -hmm. now they are catapulted into this role of you are the front runner in this division. And then beyond that, then my next question comes is what Jared Goff will we see? Goff was he was great for him last year. And Jared Goff, he had that sim with the Rams where he made the Super Bowl. He looked great. They traded him to get Stafford won the Super Bowl, but he also faltered out with the Rams. Are we going to see the same Jared Goff as we saw last year? <clears throat> he has been a quarterback when the pieces are around him. He is successful. But are we going to keep seeing that Jared Goff, or are we going to so, maybe see the fraud Jared Goff? I would say, because, okay, so this is in part to, like, my X-Factor breakout player on them. I don't eventually break out, but Jamison Williams, when he comes back, just because, like, I, I loved watching him at Alabama. And every, I mean, every time I watch him in any game, he's just, he's just beating guys. I mean, didn't he you score know? his first game on, like, a 75-yard bomb yeah. or something like that? I, I'm pretty sure. I believe sure. it. Yeah. I don't even know, but I, I believe it. My like, first fucking game. Yeah, like, dude's welcome. insane. Yeah, so, and, like, I think he's the, you know, that final piece on that offense. They got, also, like, they got that Laporta, Sam Laporta in the second round to add to the offense. So, it's not like yep. they have a hole at literally any position. So, I think Goff is going to reach he's going to get close if not reach that super bowl year they're not they're not making the super bowl i'm not saying that but i think his regular know. seasons stats are gonna, uh, get up there i mean i'm not saying i think this will happen but i think there is a world to where they could make a run in the postseason <laughs> yeah. really, yeah, i mean the nfc is not that deep the it's NFC's really not. not if they're in the NFC, afc i'm saying hell no but there i think no. there's a yeah. world with the current nfc to where if it if everything falls in their direction then it could happen yeah, because it's not like anyone else in their division's gonna, you know, win up like 12, 10, 12 games. Mm -hmm. They could get the one seed. The key to the Lions this year is that they weren't that great at last year. Limit turnovers. I mean, Jared Goff threw quite a bit of picks last year, <laughs> um, and that's always kind of always been. He's been that boomer bust guy. Limit turnovers. I mean, that that fed into why the defense was bottom of the league last year. Yeah. Limit turnovers. Keep that defense off the field. Um, and I think that they're going to need to lean into the run game. You know, they got Jamal Williams gone, DeAndre Swift gone, but um, play it safe some more at times. Like, stay on the field, just get first downs. Um, and my breakout player to that regard, to, to some degree, is Penny Sewell. I want to see him take that next step, uh, especially if he's going to be at right tackle, not at left tackle. You know, show that you were a top pick for a reason. And you know, be the guy who you were at Oregon in college, which was one of the most dominant offensive linemen in all college football that we've seen in some time now. And if they can get any shred of how good he was his uh, sophomore and junior years at Oregon, um, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to pass protect from that right side. And ultimately, you know, I think that's going to hopefully for them lead to less turnovers. He, like he's that. been good for him too. I yeah, I I, I, yeah. I agree that I like expect when, after this year that he's going to be like one of these premier tackle. Yeah, players. like when especially when you're set at right tackle, you better be freaking mauling in the run game. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what that position is meant to do right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean their O line, it's one of the best in the league. Um, according to Pro Football Network, it's the uh, third, it the third coming into this. Yeah. Well, and they and they have yeah. depth Eagles. with the line too. Like they have guys on their O line who have had starting play experience. I mean, I know I've seen Graham Glasgow play. I think he played in Denver for a little bit. Did, I know yeah. I've seen Jermaine Fetty play. He played on the Seahawks for a little <laughs> bit. So, I mean, they got they got some they got some depth over there. Who you know, if things were to happen to the big guys, they Dude. they have a good enough line to where they could plug those guys in. And you know, maybe there's a dip in production, but I mean, you still got a top tier line if you're plugging those guys in. And those are at your most important spots, backup center and backup left tackle, and you got two former starters at it. I mean, that's a good mix right there with depth for the O-line too. So that's that's their advantage also. They still have Taylor Decker, right? 
Yep. Yeah, he's still a left tackle. Deckers. Still have okay. Frank Ragno. Yeah, Frank yeah, Ragno's a dog. Yeah, Wu Pig, baby. Baby Frank Ragno. Yeah. They signed Vitae from the Eagles, so I mean, yep. that's a good yeah. addition for him. Yeah. They're very, aligned. I mean, they're they're very good Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely stacked. But, yeah, I think we all like it. So what 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 is y'all's record predictions for Detroit? I have them at 11 and 6. 10 yeah, and I like seven. that. I, I, have them at a, I have them at 11 and 6. I have 11 and 6. I have ten and seven too. And so seven. we're all within yeah. the game of each yeah, other. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, yeah, ju- yeah, just like the pack. So, but yeah, I don't think this division is going to be a strong division. But yeah, whoever comes out of it could be a sneaky team come playoff time. But next team up, we got the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are the most interesting team, maybe oh, yeah. in the league right now. We're talking about Detroit making a Philly jump. Um, I'll let y'all go, but I'm I'm just going to say I think Chicago. There could be some burn in Chicago. I could see a jump from them this year. But what, how do y'all feel about the Bears? One year away. One year away. I, I like think that. they're very close. Um, last year, they had the youngest defense in all of the NFL. I mean, you look at that secondary, they're completely rebuilding it. It's filled with rookies. Um, I love Brisker. Brisker, dog. Eddie Jackson. Jalen Johnson's a pretty good player. Jaylen Johnson. Too. They just drafted Tyreek Stevenson. Um, they still have Kyra Gordon was pretty good for them last year as a rookie. Yeah. I mean – uh, that's secondary, and the D.C. for the Bears is Alan Williams. Uh, he was the secondary coach in uh, Indianapolis when Eberflus came over, uh, promoted him up to D.C., and made it very apparent that they really want to invest in that secondary, and that's that's exactly what they're doing. Um, and, I mean, that's what you want with, with teams like the Vikings, teams like the Lions in this division, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. But, I mean, there's, there were some good passing offenses in the NFC North, and I liked how they were building up with that. They just got Tremaine Edmonds. Um, yeah. I think they'll get there on the D-line and, and rebuild that defense. As far as the offense goes, um, the offensive line, very young, all really good in the run game. Speaking of run game, you know, Chicago led the NFL in rushing yards last year. Um, I predict a lot of the same for them this year. They're not going to be able to throw the ball yet. From what I can see it, at a high level, they did add DJ Moore, but um, still a lot to be excited about in that run game. I just think that, you know, ultimately they're, they're still one year away from, from really breaking out and, yeah. and kind of competing in that division. Yeah, so what I would say is – I, I consider this like because you know they they hired a uh, Ryan Pace the GM last year yep. so uh, this is his first year of the rebuild right and so he's going into this year he's got Fields and he's got DJ Moore and he's got uh, Darnell Mooney and I I guess we can consider Chase Claypool if he wants to take his head out of his ass in. yeah Not if he wants to do piece. that he can decide um, Komet's a great weapon though I like Komet yeah hey Komet like yeah. A, a bunch of solid targets. <clears throat> so my thing this year is they had Tanya uh, too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like I don't think their defense is. Yeah, they got Tanya. Yeah. I don't think their defense is. It's going to be you know bottom half of the league. They'll, they'll have some right. flashes and stuff. Uh, I think kind of like the Lions last year. They're kind of they're probably get screwed with a bunch of turnovers. Um, but I think this year it's it's all about Justin Fields. It's all about. It's seeing about if he is the quarterback or not. That is their goal this year. That's why they got DJ Moore. That's why they got Darnell Wright. That's why they signed two other offensive linemen in the offseason. I don't really – I wish – they had like two or three opportunities in the second and third round to draft like one of the top interior linemen, and I really wish they would have done it. But they have so many holes in the roster that I understand going elsewhere. Like I'm, I'm not an NFL scout. They got Darnell I, Wright. 
Yeah, like he's great, but imagine if you could get him and then another, you know, top interior guy that are both 22 to grow with fields, you know, like, uh, but, you know, that's just me. I, I, I like to, I say building the trenches. But, yeah, so I think, uh, I think they'll be really fun this year. I think they'll win some exciting games like comebacks and things like that. I think fields will run for a lot. And, uh, but they win at least one to two more games with Roquan Smith. I think they get a win against yeah. the Packers this year. I think they do too. I, uh, and the also Vikings. Think I think they, they get might a win the against the Packers twice. I, yeah, and the Vikings. I Ooh. think they're going to be better than the Packers. I think like it sucks to let go Roquan Smith, but I feel like that, like for what Pace came in last year and like last year, I think they were like they knew last year they were going to suck. Like obviously after trading Roquan that was a, Smith, that was a Quinn. horrible trade. That the, was the worst trade of the, all last but, year. But they're playing. They're they're they weren't playing for last year. Their plan last year was to suck. They weren't trying to be a good team last year. I mean. It goes to show they didn't sign any receivers in the offseason to give Fields help. They traded away their best players. Like, their plan, their plan last year was to suck. Yeah. And I think this year they're looking to be competitive, especially in a division that could be open. Um, but what, what do y'all – I mean, really, the question is, like, yes, they added pieces on defense. Yes, they got DJ Moore. But, like you said, it all comes down to Justin Fields. What, what's y'all opinion on Justin Fields? Do y'all think Justin Fields can turn into this dynamic passer? Or he – in my opinion – I don't even think he has to be a dynamic passer. With what he can do on the ground, if he could be a glorified game manager, he can be an elite quarterback. Do we think he could? Yeah, because if you're that? if you're a glorified game manager, but then you can rip off two or three ten yard runs and maybe a twenty yard run a game, like that's, that's he money. Fifty, off. fifty, well, sixty. Yeah, you know, and that, not, yeah. So and I'm that and that's that, what yeah. Lamar Jackson is. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. And I'm he's bad. a unanimous MVP. But how do y'all feel? What's y'all's opinion on Fields? Do you think he's gonna? elevate and take that next step or do you think next offseason we're going to be looking at chicago maybe getting a new quarterback or draft caleb williams i think um i think he gets better i think he improves this year as a passer i don't think he's going to be like there like oh my god justin fucking fields is back or he's ready to go but i do think he is going to get a lot better in that aspect i think you're going to let see him kind of air it out a little more because he has a strong arm he just needs to kind of really get some time last year maybe like a like a daniel jones kind of jump (laughs) yeah yeah, like he just needs to get a little more confident with those throws. I mean, he has DJ Moore, who's I would say much better threat to throw in a deep two than Claypool. Or I don't know, disrespect to Darnell Mooney, but I mean, DJ Moore is light years beyond better than Darnell Mooney. But yeah. um, I think a big thing with them that is really going to be a problem with how this division is stacked up on offensive lines. I mean, we talked about the Lions offensive line. It's one of the best. When the Packers O-line, it's healthy. It's one of the best. The Vikings O-line, very questionable in my opinion, but they do have a couple players, and Christian Darisaw is a pretty good addition for them. So they do have at least one good young talented player on that line. Um, I would say on the Bears, like we have to see with Darnell Wright, and with that division, with those O-lines, I mean, uh, if your best pass rusher is Travis Gibson, Demarcus Walker, or potentially um, Jack Sanborn on blitzes, like you're not going to do that yeah, well. No, like no, you're not, yeah. it's going to be hard to get to these guys and create pressure. So, I mean, the good thing is I think they're kind of going full in on having three middle linebackers basically, or three covers linebackers and just like a four man front. But at the same time, like I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in those guys getting past David Bakhtiari, Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, Dirk Kirshen Darisaw. So that can put you in a bad spot with teams like that who have some players on offense you can really torture if you give the quarterback time and give those guys time to get open. So that could fuck them, in my opinion. We'll have yeah. to see on that. So okay. I still think they're going to be the worst team in the division, but I think they have the same record as the – I think they're one game less than the Packers in my prediction as being 
uh, six and 11. That is my prediction. I had the Packers at seven and 10. I think they are one game less, but I think they are much more competitive and you see positives. There's just still holes on that team that you just, you can't ignore. So I don't really think three middle linebackers because they, you can't blitz those guys every play or else they're not being middle linebackers. So um, that's kind of where I think things get a little iffy for them is on that part of the team and how the division is just built in general, because got to build, be built to beat your division. That's first way in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they're def- They did make improvements on their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the defense is still going to be bottom, bottom half of the league for yeah. sure. Like you said, they added, um, there's Demarcus Walker, who was pretty decent last yeah, year Edmonds, for the Broncos, Edmonds. Andrew Billings, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. And, but yeah, that's the thing like TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, they were playing behind much better D lines. So it made the life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. And like, what are a lot tougher this year? I think the defense is still going to be. And this was like Demarcus Walker's first kind of real productive season, I would say, in the NFL. So that's kind of why I got paid a little bit. So, mm-hmm. but my, my thing with Justin Fields in the offense, um, I think I think this year Justin Fields is going to solidify him as the future for the Bears. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure, we already saw what he can do with his legs. I mean, he's a Lamar Jackson s type of runner. I mean, he was just outrunning defenses last year solely with his speed and athleticism. It's it's insane. Um, and initially, when I did a little bit of research and I first looked at it, um, I wasn't really bought into Lamar, not Lamar, Justin Fields becoming a good passer. And when you look at the numbers, right? So, for example. Uh, for the basic numbers, you know, for reference, he was six worse in the NFL on non-accurate balls thrown at 19.3%. Not very good. But when you take a deeper dive into kind of what was the creation of those numbers that were set, um, the first one I look at is his average time to throw. So Justin Fields was actually the highest in the league on average time to throw at 2.7 seconds. Um, so he had the most time to throw out of any quarterback in the league. And this was not a result of the offensive line being good in pass. Like pro. this is like buying time and stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah. Yeah. Average okay. From snap to throw 2.7. That makes seconds, sense. Yeah. Cause he league. was running around like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. He, he was running around like a motherfucker, but you saw with that, how much he can create and improvise on his legs. Right. And you saw that too, how bad the receivers were and creating any sort of separation. Um, mm-hmm. I expect that. And usually that's a good stat if you're good in that category, but for this specific case, it's not good. I expect the number to go down a lot this next year. Um, his next number to look at is air yardage percentage. What this is is percent of yards that were not after the catch. They were 56.2 a game, which ranked 22nd in the NFL. So obviously with Darnell Mooney as your number one, you're not going to get a lot of yak help. And with DJ Moore mm-hmm. in the fold now, Darnell Mooney is a two, which I think he is fully capable of suited at. That's, I think that's he's good for that. Yeah, versatile, versatile two, slot outside, like get, get yeah. you good anywhere. Exactly. And Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, I think Tunyon could be a sneaky sign for them. I expect that yak number to go up a lot for them. But the biggest one I saw was his average depth of target. And what average depth of target is, is how often you are throwing the ball down the field. They were 10.2, which ranks third in the NFL, which means that Justin Fields was throwing bombs. He was oh, not yeah. dinking and dunking. He was running for his life and chugging it deep down the field because that was he, the only. He was playing Madden on our He was playing Madden, but that was the only yep. option he had last year. It was literally Justin Fields versus the world. And when we take, when we look at in a vacuum at all those numbers, um, you know, how often he had to throw down the field to receivers that are below average to maybe not even should be guys that are on an NFL field um, to how often the guys were not getting any separation on the outside to the pass rushes he had to go against and, you know, running for his life like a chicken with his fucking head cut off. Yep. Uh, 
yeah, like I said, I think it was him versus the, the world last year. And now we're going to see DJ Moore in the fold of the receiver. Darnell Mooney's is number two. Chase Claypool, I think, is a solid-ass number three that still has untapped he, yeah, potential. Yeah, he's just got to focus, man. He's got to focus. If he focuses, but, he's a great number two. But like, I, I really— a red zone. They don't have a big red zone threat. I mean, I, they yeah, commit yeah. and Tanya, but you need a receiver as well that can yeah. do that. Yeah, he can I, get you five tutties I, in a game. I don't think it's fair for anyone to say that Justin Fields cannot do it passing-wise— Based mm-hmm. off of what he was equipped with last year, exactly. I agree. This, this year is a real year, though. So he he has the pieces and, in place now to be a successful passer, and can he take that next step? Is one question. I personally believe that he will take that next I step. I think that they can be successful without necessarily implementing a super pass happy attack. Yeah, you look at the Ravens. Right. Yeah, they did not have to what, be pass happy. You look at the Ravens. You look at what Efficient Greg Roman passes. did with Lamar Jackson for the longest time. Um, under Harbaugh, their best receiver was Mark Andrews. Their best receiver still is Mark Andrews. I'm not saying that Colk Met has to be Mark Andrews or that Robert Tanyan has to be Mark Andrews. I'm just saying that it doesn't take two to three good wide receivers whenever your quarterback can make plays with his legs. What they need to do is, is find, find ways for Justin Fields to stop taking hits. When he takes hits and when he has to miss games, they're bringing in a guy like, I think their backup right now is P.J. Walker. That's not going to win you NFL games. I mean, it's a serviceable backups, better in some teams in the NFL, but that's not going to win you games. And Justin Fields was taking ridiculous amounts of hits last year. They got to find a way to run a coherent offense that if there, there's some at least game plan to the madness. With Justin Fields, he's a guy who's elite. You're gonna you don't want to take away his scrambling ability because he's going to turn a busted play that's what into makes him a great. 25 yeah. yard game. You don't try and rein that in, but you want to find ways to implement that successfully. Um, and look at what the Ravens did. I think the Ravens did a great job with it. I think next year, I would really like to see them lean on the run game, not involving Justin Fields as much. They just signed Deontay Foreman, so they got him. That's that's a decent you know addition for them. He was great last year. Yeah, he was really good back last year. They got Khalil Herbert. And then in the draft, they drafted a guy who I'm really high on, Roshan Johnson. Um, that's a dog right there, oh, yeah, alpha right, mentality. Roshan. And so you got three running backs who you can run the wheels off of realistically. Don't lean on Justin Fields to run so much this year, especially when this team is still one to two years away. You know, let the running backs take some of this burden, continue to add pieces each offseason, and then the draft to the offensive line, to the defense and then take more of a Ravens-like approach where, you know, at least there's a plan to the madness. Yeah, and, like, one thing, too, like, going off what Cole said earlier, like, Justin Fields, it's not like he's dinking and dunking. He's throwing bombs all day last year because he has no protection. Super tight coverage. Yeah, and and he has – yeah, okay, yeah. And because he has no one really – because, I mean, Darnell Mooney was out half of the last season at least – Claypool wasn't there. He was traded for it halfway through the season. So it's not like he had anyone there to really even. Velas Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So him and Velas Jones. And really Who the fuck is that? Equinemius yeah. St. Brown. Yeah. And they built a great repertoire during the offseason, if that's the right wording. But yeah, great. Like, dude, he didn't have anything. Like, even, yeah, when he's scrambling for his life, he doesn't have anyone to even dink it off to. Like, you know, you know how many plays or big plays Mahomes gets off play just shit like that? I mean, I think, yeah, I think. I think Fields is going to have a good year. I think all those weapons are going to be great. Wish he would have got one more O-lineman in the draft, but can't complain when you got, like I said, that many holes. I actually I have them going 7-10 and 10 this year. And, yeah, so I got 
So Trump. y'all right above the Packers. Seven and ten. He, he said, said six and eleven. Big E, what you got? I have them going nine and eight. Whoa. I I have them All like right. I have them competing for a playoff spot. And like you said, like I I don't I don't think they're gonna be a team that makes like this crazy jump next season to where they're like a an Eagles jump by any means. But I think that the polls rebuild is now in full or not the rebuild, but the plan is now fully in effect. Last year, our plan was to suck this year. We're not going to be a, maybe a playoff team, but we're going to be in that competitive spot, but we're going to set ourselves up for next year. We go and get, like you said, another lineman. We go and get a few more guys on defense and we equip Justin Fields with the right cast to where, okay, year three, Justin Fields. Now we could actually make some noise. And I, I really, I think next year, if it if it goes to the plan of polls like they're going for, I think that they will be on that trajectory. And but again, at the end of the day, it all comes down to Justin Fields and if he can take that step. And I think based off what the advanced numbers say that he can take that next step. And I mean, even back when you look at his Ohio State days, like he was never, he wasn't this dynamic, crazy no. good Trevor Lawrence, but no. but he was he was a glorified game manager. And that's all you need from him. If you can have him be a glorified game manager with the athleticism and wheels that he has on the ground and be able to make plays happen with his legs, that's all you need. If you compare that with good uh, surrounding cast skill position-wise and a solid defense, that's a team that could really make a run. And DJ Moore, they, they need a DJ Moore so bad. And they, they weren't going to trade that one pick with Carolina if they weren't able to get DJ Moore. I no mean, way. that DJ Moore was like, he was the guy that, fit their timeline, fit the the salary cap. And like he was the if if they didn't get DJ Moore, they're not trading that one pick. They probably get another first round pick if they he's, don't get DJ Moore. He's gonna be their exactly. best player this and year. And you know they had so many goddamn offers to to steal that one yeah. pick from. But DJ Moore was the reason they made the pick or the trade with Carolina. And I think he is going to pay huge dividends for Justin Fields Dude, yeah. and the offense and the whole team as a whole. And I, I like the direction of where the Bears are going right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I don't, I wasn't in here, but like, it's, yeah, it's literally like Hurts and AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it, did you already say all that? Not or, the Hurts AJ Brown yeah, thing. But, but it's yeah, like, it's yeah, it's similar. like adding a number one receiver to a guy like that. Like, anytime you give a number, a, a guy, you know, a number one receiver, they have mm-hmm. a way better season. And it's obvious because you get a guy that can go get the balls that yeah. not everyone can. And but, going, going back of how you mentioned the running backs table earlier, I mean, I think there's a, I think the running back stable is better this year with Khalil Herbert, oh, yeah. Deontay Foreman, oh, yeah. and Roshan Johnson. You get him Roshan in the fourth round. I mean, dude, the second half of last year, Deontay Foreman was just as good as Nick Chubb if you look at the numbers. I mean, Deontay Foreman was a fucking dog the second and half of last year. that's three fresh backs. Like, he can rotate Three out. fresh backs. Already the number one ground offense in the NFL last year. If we can just see this passing offense just be mid, this offense is going to be scary as a whole. And at that point, it's going to fall on the defense to hold up on their end. And like I said, I think the defense, is it still has work to be done. It will be improved from last year because there's only a way to go up from it. But that's what a year, I think a year or two away from now, then defense gets solid. You add another lineman. I, I think the Bears can be scary with Justin Fields. I agree. Yep. Cool. Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Or, um, wait, so do you all have a player on the Vi- – <clears throat> I guess the Bears are a little harder to do, but a player that you're really high on or on the low Bears. on? Mine's just Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields. And we're back. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. But next team up, last team of the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Vikings are probably the least interesting team to talk about out of these four. Uh, they didn't add much in the offseason. They added Byron Murphy, Marcus Davenport, Jordan Addison to replace Adam Thielen. But 
kind of a boring team to talk about, but then again, could be the team that wins this division. Um, I think the Vikings, they, I think every we could all agree there's regression coming. I mean, they, they won so oh, yeah. they, they won 11 games. They won 11 one-score games, games this year. Yeah. That's a Most stat NFL, yeah. that's going to go down. That's fucking it's not wild. They, won, they went 11-0. and 0. They didn't just yes. win 11 games. They went 11-0 and in yeah. one-score games. So what, what's our take on Minnesota? I think we're going to see a big regression from Kirk Cousins this year. He got so fucking lucky last year. I think we're going to see a big old fall. But he is lucky that he has Darisol that's getting better as a left tackle. But, man, I, when he gets under pressure, like, it just kind of, like, it looks like a little, like, he gets scared back there a little bit. And, yeah. you now he's an NFL quarterback, and he probably is not actually scared, but he, his body language sure looks like it when you put some pressure on him. So, um, and it's a different league now. I think he kind of need to have a little mobility in your quarterback. And whenever I see Kurt Cousins run, I'm always cheering because it's like, holy shit, look at him go. So, um, with that being said, I, I think we're going to see big regression because I think he got real lucky last year. Um, and they didn't add a whole lot. So they're kind of hoping that they just get better off the team from last year, really. So um, that could be yeah. bad when your quarterback gets worse. So, Yeah, I don't really like him this year. Uh, I mean, they swapped out Thielen for Jordan Addison, which is an upgrade just because Thielen's like, like growing, you know, gray, white and gray hairs. I mean, but aside from that, they didn't really upgrade anywhere. I mean, the guys they signed, they, yeah, they signed like Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy, what has he done? Ever. He's good. he's a good player. All right, maybe I'm wrong. But then they they they, they gave like board, they gave decent. Marcus Davenport like fifteen they million years. But they, they, all, like, they, they also they also they, they also lost Cameron Dantzler and Patrick Peterson. So and they, and they lost Sedarius Smith, who they who gave him like eighty two pressures yep. last year. They lost You're Sedarius not getting Smith? that from Davenport. I'll tell you that right now. They lost Sedarius Smith. Yeah, he's on the mm-hmm. he's on the Browns. Oh, yep. And dude, yep. like they just like. Yeah, they, they swapped out some old for some some younger guys, but it's not like these younger guys are any better. And yeah, they, they got a they got. We could say they got lucky. They won eleven games. We could say they got lucky in at they least six of lucky. them. In at least six of them, at least. So yeah, they're due for a lot of regression. I think they'll have a decent passing offense. They they probably won't because I mean they traded Dalvin Cook and spent all that money on a running back that's worse than him, Addison Madison. So I, I I just don't really get what they, their plan is. They have Madison on a rookie deal still, or he's not. I thought cheap, they re-signed him. He's on a cheap deal though. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Regardless, I I just I don't think he's going to be anything special. We've if we would have saw something special, it's like Pollard. You know, you would have cut him because you know because he's better than Zeke. Okay. Know? The thing with Madison though is Matt, when Madison's had playing time, he's been really good. He has. So I I don't think the Dalvin Cook to Madison thing is gonna be a big drop off so okay so then I'll, I'll take that back i think they'll have a good passing offense then because yeah you, you know, you have they, have, they have justin jefferson but yeah like, i think justin jefferson passing. justin jefferson alone is gonna win them a few games yeah, yeah. but aside I, from that i don't i don't think they don't have anything that excites you outside yeah. of that and so i i don't they're have still gonna have one of in my opinion one of the best passing offenses in the nfl simply due to volume they set a franchise record in passing attempts last mm-hmm. year you take dalvin cook away from a team like that I mean, you're just incentivizing that team to pass more. They're not going to lean on Madison. They're going to lean on their new rookie receiver. K.J. Osborne looks really promising. And obviously, Justin Jefferson is top three at worst. Probably, yeah, you could make an argument I'd say, he's the best. I'd say he's top. The, yeah, I'd say I'd, he's top. I, I think, think he's, I think the, he's the best. best. Yeah, you can make an argument that he's the best. I, I said he was. I thought he was the best last year going into yeah. the season. So, yeah. But and they got Hawkinson, one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, I mean, Darisaw is a... He's not a very solid run blocking offensive lineman, but he's pretty damn good in pass protection. Um, 
their run blocking last year was pretty bad, and I think that that's why they wanted to move on from Dalvin Cook because they don't see a future in that. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to lean on the passing game again. The one part about the Vikings that's interesting to me that makes zero sense is they had the, I think it was the worst, if not bottom three, pass defense in the league last year. Oh, oh I was about to get to that. I was about to ask about yeah. that. Do y'all think Byron Murphy Jr. is better than Patrick Peterson? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, at this point, Pat, you do? You do? Okay, okay. Well, okay, maybe last season. Last, Did y'all think Byron Murphy was a solid corner last year? Because I thought he was, like, middle of the pack. I actually thought Peterson yeah. kind of did the plus, best he could. Um, they have Lewis. I don't know if it's Sign Lewis, or Sign. 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 Do you Line. think he's I immensely like better? Let me ask you that. Do you think he's immensely better no, than Patrick? I, no, I don't. No, I don't think no. he's. Not, he's not like, different. He's not going to revamp. Exactly. He's not making anything. Ultimately, too, they lose Cameron Dancer, who wasn't really that good for him. But I mean, ultimately, you could. There's an argument there that their secondary got worse. And that's Harrison Smith do. is getting older. Harrison yeah, Smith is getting good. older. You draft a sign, and you know, they're trying to trade Daniel Hunter. Year. I believe for did they re-sign Daniel Hunter? Or are they still trying to trade him? I thought they're still trying to trade. They're trying to trade him. They still have him. Yeah. So I mean, if you trade your best pass rusher, you're stuck with Marcus Davenport. So and and, and yeah, then the uh, outside of that, out. it'll be a uh, Dean Lowry, Tyrese Tonga, or <laughs> I like Harrison Phillips. He was a good little player for Buffalo. Yeah. So I like him, but. Um, good little pass rusher, but um, he's not Doesn't your prototypical. Yeah, he's not your prototypical outside rush. He's like a three technique type guy. So, mm-hmm. um, if they trade Daniel, I think that's really bad decision for them, especially if they're trying to win. Um, because that that's just not going to help those corners. And I know that Andrew Booth Jr. is kind of a young guy, and they have some hope in him, but they are kind of just throwing him in there because they. This is the depth chart that I'm looking at at the corner position. It is Andrew Booth. It is Mark Byron Murphy. Andrew Booth Jr. And then after that, let me know if y'all heard of these guys. Uh, Caleb Evans, Makai Blackman, John Reed, Joan Williams, Kalen Barnes, and Tay Gowan. Have y'all heard of any of I've, those I've players? Heard, I, I, Caleb Evans actually wasn't bad for him. Yeah, year. and Makai Blackman's young. I mean, we'll see. He was I, actually, hey, they hey, got a Caleb Evans in the no, last year. No, Biggie makes a good point, draft. though. Like, yeah. see, get an average. You're kind of throwing them well, Yeah, and like with, this, with the Daniel Hunter thing, like, I mean, that. That'll show their hand completely. If they trade Danielle Hunter, then they're gonna say, Okay, exactly. Kirk, let's yep. play it out another year or two and then we're going to rebuild and like obviously I think Justin Jefferson's a guy you can build around even at the receiver position. He's not a quarterback. You don't yeah, trade you can, him unless he but, requests it. I mean th- this team I think ultimately this team that's not a sexy team by any means, but this team could definitely still win this division. I think yeah, they're they probably could. right on there with Detroit to win it. The passing offense, like you said, Aaron, is gonna be really good, especially how the game script's going to go. The defense is very – it's not very good at all. They were 20th against the rush, 31st in the pass. 31st. Yeah. And, and the, they'll probably be coming back a lot of games, so they'll have to pass yeah, it. They're going to yeah. be a really fun fantasy team for sure. Um, but if even if they do make the playoffs, it's going to be like last year. They're going to be a team that's not going to make a real run. Exactly. Um, they don't really have a – they don't really – like like a lot of these – like the, the Bears, at least I know, the Bears, I see a vision for them. The Vikings right. right now, I don't see a vision. The Vikings are just treading water, and I don't like that. Yeah, and, and a lot of that is with Kirk Cousins, obviously, and they're just kind of middle of the pack. But yeah, like even the Packers, you know, because the Packers have a lot of young, exciting guys. You know, like I like. It's just not guys. a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, they just need a quarterback. But yeah, even the Packers, like, at least, it's they have Jordan Love, who is still an unknown. Yeah, he and, could be and, good. We don't yeah, know. He could, he could be, be. Exactly. exactly. He could make us bite our words, yeah. honestly. And the with Kirk thing- Wergs. 
with Kirk Cousins, we know what he is. The so. only thing that gives me hope for their defense and their secondary is that Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator, and we saw what yep. he did in Miami. And Miami True. under That's Brian Flores was able to craft one of the best secondaries in the league. So I think they're kind of banking on that and just trying to bank on him, you know, <laughs> rebuilding that. Yeah. Not a very solid strategy. I mean, as coaches, because I do think that Kevin O'Connell is a good coach. I mean, there's something to be said about going 11 and 0 in one score games. That doesn't just. I mean, a couple things you're gonna get lucky on a couple games. Right. But some of that is coaching. Like it, it comes down yeah, some, to play some, calls. Some it comes down to decisions, yeah. time management. I mean, the a lot of that is coaching. And so, like, I don't think that Kevin O'Connell is the problem with this team. I think that Brian Flores is a good defensive coordinator. I don't think that the GM, who I don't know for the Vikings, but I don't think that yeah, he's doing know. very many favors for the Vikings right now. Yeah, coaches, not not many upgrades. That's the thing. Like no. if you're trying just, to win, like I don't see anything that like pops out to me. Like yeah, y'all got better here. Like the yeah, only guy I, I really like was uh, Harrison Phillips. That's kind of it. Yeah, out of the whole division as a whole, the Vikings are definitely the team that that lost the most out of all of these teams. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Marcus they, you know, Davenport's got to prove it this year. Like we, he's kind of underperformed the past good. few years. Exactly. I think, I think Marcus Davenport is what he is. He is, he is, he is, he is exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like so they're taking a flyer on him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they got a new GM like a year ago or two. But I mean, yeah, you're not you're not working with much. You got Kirk that you could trade for maybe <laughs> your fourth rounder. You got a you got a good fucking but, um, offense. That's what you got. Yeah, but Thank yeah, you yes. got a great yeah. passing that's game, it. and that's that's entertaining. But yeah, they they really don't have any direction right now. Like you at said, all. Biggie, if they if they're if Kirk Cousins has a shit year, they're they could be one of the worst teams in the division. Yeah, easily, like, easily that because when Kirk when things go bad with Kirk Cousins, they implode. Like it's yeah. it's bad. It is bad. And but so, my thing, I think the offense is still going to put up numbers. I yeah. Mean, oh, I, yeah. I when still you, have them going eight and nine. Yeah. Nick I, Mullins isn't a bad backup. You know, he's kind of played some games, but I mean, eight, eight you're kind of fucked if you're thrown into that spot. I have them I going them, nine and eight. Nine and eight? Yeah, nine and eight. I got them nine and eight second in the division. Well, so, yeah. I'm the only one. I, I got them winning the division at 11 and six. I still oh, got think them winning it still. I still that's think, fair. Yeah. And here's the thing I went back and forth because I was so close to putting the Lions at 11 and 6 and then putting the Vikings at 10 and 7. I think it could go either way. One of those two teams are going to win the division. I tend to lean on, you know, O'Connell just doing really good last year in those games to just say, "Hey, you know, this is a safe thing, safe pick to pick the Vikings again." But this is going to be the last year that they're going to be a good team unless they just completely revamp True. pretty much the, the rest of the defense next year. The next offseason, unless they completely revamp, this is the last year they're a playoff team. Like they're running on, they're treading on mm -hmm. thin ice right here. So. And yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, yeah, the defense is terrible. And like, if you have a dynamic quarterback that can make up for the defense, but, and they have, like, we all, their, their offense is going to put up numbers fantasy wise. It's going to be a great offense. But yeah, Kirk's not going to be the guy that's going to elevate the defense if the defense is caught slacking. And so, yeah, yeah I agree. I don't think they, he makes the team better. They're, they're the point. safe pick to win the division for sure. Um, yeah, and I they might I think them and Detroit are if we're looking at like Vegas odds are probably both like right, right. up there close to the same. Neither odds. of the well Detroit may I could see a world where they do, but Minnesota's not winning a playoff game though. No, if they make it, no. no. Yeah, we're looking at yeah if we're looking like upside. No. Detroit has much. I yes. think the Bears have more upside. I would agree than the with Vikings. That. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. of now, yeah. but and it's so like one thing I read like you know I was just reading stuff like Vikings fans saying stuff. Like on Reddit and stuff, and they're like, you know, like the, they have such a strong culture in the locker room. It's like, who do you have holding that culture together? You have Kirk Cousins, who I mean, dude, 
I mean, dude, it's nice that he's likable, but it's yeah. like, what's that yeah. going to yeah. do? But, get rid of Dalvin. I mean, okay, who who else has been holding down the the culture the last years? Probably Harrison Dalvin. Smith. He's out. Yeah. He's almost out the door. Eric, Eric Kendrick. He's already out the door. Patrick Darius Smith. He's out the door. Uh, Daniel Hunter wants out the door. Like, dude, who who is there holding the group together? Patrick Peterson's I don't think gone. Yeah, Dalvin I don't Coach think they're going to be, gonna be gone. That's a good point right there is, is that you think you got a strong culture till all your vets leave. Yeah. The next thing, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, you, and, and they're and half of them, you're, you're oh, literally all of them, you're trading or cutting. And it's just like, you're just kind of disrespecting them. It's not, I don't think it's a good look. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good NFC North talk there. Uh, next up, we got Luke's top 10 teams power ranking. Woo! Luke, let's hear it. All right. So should I just your honorable rip them off? And then or, uh, 10 to 1. So my what? Do you have any honorable mentions? or? No? Yeah, so I got some honorable mentions. Um, gosh, I, I was so stuck at 10. So some, how many honorable mentions can I say? Because I have a plenty. Like three or four? Three, okay. So I'd say I got... Four honorable mentions. I got the the Jaguars are close. I, close to ten. I like. I love Trevor. I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be great. He's got Calvin Ridley. Defense is young. They they did they had fun in the playoffs, but they're they're an honorable mention. And then I got the Seahawks as another honorable mention. I love what they did this off season. They helped build that defense that they needed to badly, while still adding freaking Smith and Jeeba on offense, who I think is going to be a stud with yes. a little, especially as a three in the slot mm-hmm. where he excelled at Ohio. Like I think he's going to be, yeah, I can get into him later. Um, and then I have the Giants and Patriots up there. I love. I think Dabble's great. I think J- I, I hate to say it, but I think Daniel Jones is going to be a little bit better this year. I love their defense; they'll be good. And in the Pats, you can't count out that count out the Pats defense. Mac Jones is going to suck balls, but uh, I think it'll even itself out. And then I also had the Lions as a close ten. I really like the Lions. Obviously, we already talked enough about them. But so at ten, I have the Chargers. So I think the last couple of years, the Chargers have kind of had they got Herbert. But then they got the most boring play caller in the league that you can think of. And I think Kellen Moore is going to go in and just kind of mix things up for them a little bit. I, I don't think Kellen Moore is head coach material or anything, but I think he's a great coordinator. And so I think I think Herbert's going to be at least top five MVP this year. He, he could have been last year, but I think Herbert's going to have a huge year. Defense is iffy, but I I, I really just rely on him. He, that's why they're at 10 for me. So, yeah, are y'all? Just yeah, run through them. All right. And then so at nine, I have the Dolphins. And so I I love the Dolphins offense. Like, I feel like when I'm watching it, I'm watching – I mean, it, it's so stupid because it, it, it is what it is. Like, it, Tua to Waddle is the old Alabama offense. And, you know, I'm like, I feel, that's what I feel like I'm watching, but it is what you're watching, dude. And then you got Tyreek, who's even faster on top of that. Like, they literally look like a college offense when you're watching them. And it's so fun. Like as long as and then their defense is solid. They got guys up and down. They added Jalen Ramsey. I think they are gonna have. When well, they have Vic Fangio as a decoy. Yeah. They. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah the, one of the best defensive minds in the league. Like I think they're gonna have such a special season. I think they're they're gonna be one of the most easily exciting teams to watch this year. It it all relies on Tua's health. Great thing they got Mike White. I mean, but he's not Tua. He can't place the ball like Tua does. And so yeah, that's why I got them at nine. And then at a close eight, I got the Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel – I just – I kind of feel weird about the Bills this year. The whole – I mean, I don't think anyone can argue. The whole DeMar Hamlin thing just kind of – there's just 
it's good vibes, I guess, going on in the team, but it's also just confusion on what the whole roster is thinking, what's their mindset, what's their goal. You know, like I don't really get I don't I don't know. I'm confused by the Bills. I like Josh Allen. It just fell off so hard last year. Yeah, go, go ahead. No, no, no. But yeah, um yeah, so I just I mean, Josh Allen and Diggs are going to hold that team up. Von Miller's going to hold up the defense. I, they got great coaching. They got good culture. But, yeah, the old Damar Hamlin thing and everything going on, I don't have them super high. I don't think anyone really does this year either. And so right above them, I have the Ravens. So Lamar's got a full off season. He's got three receivers that are all first-round picks. They got, He's going to have a full off season to work with. He's got Mark Andrews. He's got a great O-line. There's no – reason to think their defense is going to regress at all maybe they lost Kalias Campbell but I mean he was like 38 <laughs> and he's working as a DN so I mean I don't I don't know how much work he was putting in but I think that offense is going to be insanely fun to watch and I'm excited to watch Lamar be able to you know have some good receiving targets not just Mark Andrews out there and also run the ball so I, I got them pretty high up they got great all-around team top five defense probably at least top 10 offense and then so at six, uh, tell me if I'm talking too long on these two. But um, you're good. Okay, uh, at six I have the Jets. J E T S. So Jets, 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 Jets. Yeah. So I got the Jets, man. Their defense was freaking awesome last year. Like they got they got uh, Quinn and Williams. They got uh, who's my Sauce Gardner. Sauce. He man, like they, that defense was just lighting things up last year. Coach Solace was amazing. They had such a good defense. This offseason, they did a, they kind of they missed out on uh, the the first round tackles, but they still got uh, a couple O linemen. They upgraded the O line. They got ro- freaking Aaron Rodgers is the biggest thing. Obviously, he's what shoots them up to six. Because I, I I mean I think him and uh, Garrett Wilson are gonna have a Devontae like connection. Like I saw I saw this thing. I was doing research. I like I think Garrett Wilson could easily go for like easily go for thirteen hundred yards and like twelve TDs. Like he's like I, I think mm-hmm. he he's gonna he's gonna he's special. Yeah, he's gonna be a top receiver this year. I'm I'm excited for them. So yeah, I got the Jets at six, and then I kind of got a top five. This was really easy for me to form. Like so, I, these this five is almost a tier of their own. So at five, I got the Niners. Forty Niners. I mean, what you got? Ayuk. You got. Uh, Kittle, you got Debo, you got McCaffrey, and you got a good O line. And then, I mean, you got three capable quarterbacks to play the position. Their offense is going to be top five again. I mean, Purdy was literally throwing dinkers and dunkers all last year. So I'm excited. Like, th- their offense is going to be great. Defense out of Javon Hargrave. I didn't think it could even, I didn't even think they could afford him because their defense was so damn good already. But they added him. So, I mean, the, the NFC, NFC conference, uh, championship they made it there and then of course the quarterback situation so i got them up there i'm I'm really excited maybe lance will be good we'll see i don't really know anything about him could be purdy show this year yeah i could i mean purdy could just totally stop thinking and dabbing and go crazy and i i might be like hey purdy maybe he's elevating purdy iowa state you like him i think he's a solid qb solid game manager so uh, yeah i think i think think he's the perfect game manager like yeah yeah. That offense he works in, but yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got two num almost number one receivers and number one tight end. I'm literally the best running back in the league. So yeah, and then at four, I got my boys, the Cowboys. So I mean, no bias. Yeah, I mean it's 
there's a little bit of bias. If I wouldn't have had him at four, I would have had him at five. Um, I mean, they got a if even if you look at their roster last season, they got a great roster. They added Brandon Cooks. They added Stephon Gilmore. Those were probably two of their biggest or two weakest positions. And you know, like I mean, both their defensive unit was top five. Dan Quinn. We got such a deep defense and a young defense. It's so exciting. Like, I'm so excited to see that unit elevate, especially my biggest thing is Mozzie Smith. If Mozzie Smith can ha- just eat up the run, which is, I mean, the dude is a freak athlete. If he can do that, Cowboys defense is going to be the best, if not second best. I mean, second or first best in the league next year. Everything relies on Dak. I mean, it's all about quarterback play, just like any other team, but. If Dax, it's it's about the trenches too. I mean, if Dax protected, Dak will play good. Um, we'll see how far they get in the, in the playoffs, though. But yeah, I got them at four for the regular season. They're they're gonna have a great regular season. Um, still not the best in their division though. These three are easy though. Yeah, number three, I got the Bengals. I mean, what's their I'm, since that Burrow's after Burrow's rookie season? The, 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 nothing. It's like nothing's gone bad for them since. Besides, I mean, the Demar Hamlin situation. Like, dude. Joe Burrow is that guy. He is so freaking fun to watch. Like, I love watching him at LSU. I love watching him now. They're such a good team. He has two true number one receivers. Jamar Chase is a top five receiver. Uh, T. Higgins is a top 15, at least. Like, dude. They, and they got they, they revamped the O-line a little bit. Their defense didn't even need any touch-ups, and they still took defensive guys in, like, the first three rounds of the draft. Like, dude, that team is great. They're going to be great. It's It's... I I got I have them winning the Super Bowl this year. Honestly, uh, I don't think they're the best team going into the season, but I think at the end of the season we're gonna say like Super. I I, I have them winning the Super Bowl. Best way to put it. And then so I mean top two teams. Number two, it's Eagles. It's I, I my my rankings aren't anything crazy, but I mean they have such a good team. They lost like two players. They lost C.J. Gardner Johnson and who else? I mean uh, they lost like Kazir White. That's and they revamp with young talent. Yeah, too. And, and then that's they, perfect. And then they decided team. to add the back-to-back national championship half their defense. Uh, and yeah, two of the best guys on that defense. So I, I mean, not much to talk about. They're going to have a great offense again. Deep, easily the deepest defense in the league. Going to have a great defense again. Uh, I could see them. I, I, I don't know if they're going to repeat as the NFC champs, but I could see it. They're. I don't see Hurts regressing because, I mean, he was so good in the Super Bowl, and that's for Super Bowls. I mean, that's for quarterbacks are going to crash, and he didn't. So I got to keep them up there at two. And it's it's mainly about – yeah, it's all the deep – I mean, they, they got the best O-line in the league too. So it's it, they got so many things going for them. I could talk a lot about it. But, yeah, so it's same thing with the the champs at one. I got the Chiefs. I mean, top th- top five offense in the league. You got Definitely not not much to say with the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, great great weapons, great great that. defense. Yeah. Uh, Chandler Jones or yeah, Chris Jones, and then I mean, greatest court, greatest player on the freaking planet, Patrick Mahomes is gonna do his thing, and yeah, that's yeah. really all I got to say about them. So he's gonna win MVP. My biggest thing. So you would have the Cowboys ahead of the Niners. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so my there thing you go. was like last year. <laughs> You you remember watching that 49ers Cowboys game, right? Yeah, Brock Purdy, man. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, Brock Purdy be yeah. It wasn't even Brock Purdy, it was it was cuz of Dak. Yeah. And my thing is I think getting Kellen Moore out of that front or not front office, but that coaching staff cuz 
Dak has only ever learned from. So you think Mike McCarthy's gonna do a better job than Kellen Moore at the OC? <laughs> I think so. He's the OC of the Chargers, dude. No, I'm saying like you think Mike will do oh, a better oh, job. Oh, Mike is so, the new OC. Oh, I, I think so. Mike, Mike's, yeah. Mike's running the shots. Now. I think they'll yeah. have. I mean, they were the number one offense last year, right? Yep. I mean, either. I mean, you can't really top that. But my thing is, well, I think. Okay, well, well, the thing with the Cowboys and Niners, it's like we know they're both going to probably be in the playoffs. It, mm-hmm. it, for me, it comes playoff time. Yeah. Like, come come playoff time, like the way yeah, I look so, at it, and you you haven't won a part, but the way I look at it is like, yes, the Cowboys added Gilmore. Yes, the Cowboys added Brandon Cooks, two huge pieces that are should be really big. And Mozzie Smith, I think Mozzie's gonna have. But he's also a rookie nose tackle that was a late first round pick. I'm not gonna put a ton of stock into Mozzie Smith, but my thing that comes down to it with the Cowboys Niners is is one, I don't think Dak is capable of it, and two, it's Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy, and that's what we saw in that that playoff game. We've seen the past few playoff games with the Cowboys Niners. It's Shanahan out schemes us. Not to a huge degree, actually, but it, but it's too. It's the Niners' defense is so dominant that Dak can't overcome the deficiencies of him, of himself, and I don't think he's gonna overcome those deficiencies of him himself again. Here's the thing: as a non-Cowboys fan, I can see some of Luke's points. You lose D'Amico Ryan's to the Texans, so you're down your DC. You lose Mike McGlinchey, so you've lost a you know right tackle, yeah, right tackle, but a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you give teams a full year to plan for Brock Purdy. We saw yes. Brock Purdy in limited action last year and what he was able to do, and teams couldn't really plan against that. He's not – watching him at Iowa State, he was not a guy who has NFL quarterback-type traits. He is a guy who is – I would honestly – put him more a perfect game manager, but I think he's a step above that. I think that's a disjustice to call him a game manager. Uh, Brock Purdy processes things really good, and you have to process things really good because Shanahan's offense, while it's favorable for QBs, isn't the easiest to understand it's very all complex. the reads. It's pretty complex. Yeah, pretty quick. One of the most complex offenses in the NFL, and that's really where he excels, and kind of the biggest thing that NFL GMs don't see in quarterbacks today. They always want to find the six foot five passer who can throw a ball 85 yards, but you need a guy who can dissect defenses and who can understand your playbook to a T. And I think that's what he is on the flip side of that. It's a lot easier for defensive coordinators to plan against a guy with limitations. And I think giving teams an entire season to plan against Brock Purdy I don't expect to see some of the bright shine that we saw from him last year. I think he's going to have a little bit of a sophomore slump. I'm not saying I, I, I think, think teams are out bad. for him too I, because no, they see I, this little guy and he's just he's throwing up these crazy numbers. ESPN, NFL is all jerking his little he, dick. He, he wasn't even like, throwing up dude, crazy wanna, numbers though. Like, yeah, but, that, but the, is this because he was literally Mr. Relevant in the draft? No, and my thing too no, is, the whole thing is because they were jerking him. It's because he's with Shanahan. Like, dude. Like, I don't think any of us can say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a, a, a top-tier quarterback. He never has yeah. been. He never will no. be. Jimmy Garoppolo made it, should have probably won the Super Bowl, made another NFC championship because Kyle Shanahan is that guy and because Kyle Shanahan could dr- draw up run designs that no one else can. Yeah. And, like, yeah, the, the McGlinchey, he is a big loss, but we have seen new linemen. Even last year, I mean, they lost Alex Mack. They lost another interior lineman. They come in in the Shanahan scheme. Like, they, for, I don't know how they do it. They do it some way where these linemen come in and they get it and they work well. But then 
beyond the beyond the offense, I mean, the 49ers defense I think is better than the Cowboys defense. The fact yes. you could you could have you have, you already have Nick Bosa, who's probably the best defensive player in the NFL, and then you add Javon Hargrave. I mean, Eric dude, Armstead. Yeah, Eric Armstead, and then it's not even talking about Fred one of these other guys, but just their D line alone. Yeah. Javon Hargrave was one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the NFL last year. I mean, I and for the Cowboys' sake, when I look at it from like a kind of a powering versus Cowboys Niners. Tyron Smith, if I had to bet, is going to get hurt, and he's probably not even going to play if, if they were to match up in playoffs again. And that's my reasoning is I think that the, the Cowboys' O-line held up last year against Niners' D-line. Not great, but they held up good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at adding Javon Hargrave into that mix, potentially I think more than likely Tyron Smith not being there. Um, I don't know, man. And then, like, the Purdy thing, it's like, yes, I'm not, I don't want to put Purdy on this pedestal. He's an elite quarterback. But in the Shanahan offense, you do not have to be an elite quarterback. And the thing that Purdy gave them that Jimmy G even never did is he has mobility and he can make plays happen with his legs. Not Aaron Rodgers-like, but kind of S to where if the play breaks down, Brock Purdy can get out of the pocket, run around, and make shit happen, which is what he did and which is how he beat the Cowboys and how I think, honestly, if he's healthy in the Eagles game, there's a decent shot they would have made the Super Bowl, and who knows what happens at that point. Yeah. If that happens, mm-hmm. the league's ready to crown Purdy as the next fucking Tom Brady. But I, I think there's a real argument to say the Niners are ahead. I'm not going to say they're ahead of but I think there's an argument to say the Niners are the most complete, dominant team in the NFL. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily disagree with that. I still have the Niners above the Cowboys for now. I just think, I just think it's closer than what it was probably a year ago just due to some factors i I literally when i made my list i had the niners above the cowboys and then i was just like i can't do that and (laughs) i could see either of those teams winning one point that you made earlier biggie that i thought was really good was is the easiest way to build up is to beat the teams in your division exactly whenever you become an elite team in football though you're adding roster pieces to go against the other elite teams in the nfl Mm -hmm. And I think it's an arms race right now in the NFC between the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Niners. And ultimately, losing McGlinchey is kind of made up for by adding a guy on the opposite side of the ball like Hargrave. He's probably better. Where you're saying, hey, I'm going to put Hargrave in our defensive line against the Cowboys' offensive line and against the Eagles' He's probably on his second stringer by that point in the season. Right, and I'm saying, okay, of the other elite teams in this conference, when playoff time comes around, how do my strengths match up against other teams' weaknesses? And I don't want to say that the Cowboys' offensive line or the Eagles' offensive line is necessarily weak, but I just think that the Niners trying to add up onto the D-line is trying to go against... So... It's almost teams. it's almost kind of like uh, remember that Niners Super Bowl year run uh, Nick 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 Bosa's rookie year yeah so that year yeah they had Nick Bosa on one side and then they had Armstead in the middle and they had uh, DeForest Buckner right and then I don't know who was on the other side I think it was uh, D Ford D Ford D Ford yeah but dude like so exactly you you get they had to they literally had to trade Buckner because they couldn't afford him and D Ford yeah yeah and dude so it's like. You well, they're almost, with Javon Kinlaw, who's on the up and come. Yeah, and so it's almost like you've you're 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 almost there re- replicating it. Like if if you got a guy that can step up on the other end, you already got Bosa, who's better than his rookie year. You got Arc, or uh, yeah, Arc, Arcfest. Now what is it? Um, <laughs> Armstead. 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 Who is a better player? Eric Armstead. A better Armstead. player than he was <laughs> that year. 
And then you uh, you have Hargrave, who's a better player than him. Maybe not Buckner's level, especially in the run, because he's a better pass rusher. But then, yeah, so if you got the other guy, like, I mean, no, literally no one's stopping that defensive yeah. line. Okay, can you go through your 6 through 10 again real quick? Just list them off. Yeah, so uh, 6 through 10, uh, starting at 6 or 10? 6. 6, I have Jets, Ravens, Bills, Dolphins, Chargers. So you like the – so you like the – Bill, or you like the Jets and Ravens more than the Bills? Yeah. I know a lot of people are down on the Bills this year. I yeah, I and am. I get it. Like they lost a lot of pieces. Um, but my thing with the Bills is I I still think Josh. He, no one's Mahomes, right? But I think Josh Allen is still in that next tier, like the with Joe Burrow. They, and I I they drafted Osiris Torrance in the second round, who was arguably the best run blocking guard in the draft. They drafted James Cook last year. Um, they. Did they, I think they added another running back, did they? they they've they just had a lot of drama going, it seems like, this offseason. Yeah, there was Diggs, the Diggs thing. But I, yeah, DeMar I, Hamlin. And their defense yeah, is like getting a little bit older. I, and I, under, I totally understand the Bills' negativity surrounding the team. I see them adopting a new philosophy this year and realizing, and it's what we said this last year, is that they can't put everything on Josh Allen's shoulders. Patrick Mahomes <clears> can't even handle that kind of workload. Like, no quarterback can. And I want to see the Bills... Let, let's ground and pound. Let's try to fucking win the trench a little bit. And then Josh Allen, he can shine late when we need him to shine late. And I think the Bills, I think they're still in that top tier. I think and they, I think Josh Allen is out to prove people wrong. I think Josh, this year. I love Josh Allen, but I think he has to run so much because he doesn't have that protection like Mahomes does, you know? But and it's I the philosophy what, of the offense is they don't even. But you can't. They, have that they're near the bottom. You don't have enough time in the pocket. Like you got. You have to run. Well, they're a line. Point. It's not good. It's not terrible though. But, but Mahomes has literally a top. Has had a top three O line almost like every year he's played. Yeah, and he's also had insane weapons. Yeah, but, exactly. But, but no, but the the Bills' whole thing is they put way too much on Josh Allen, and they 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 need to understand that they can't do that. Like Mahomes couldn't. Don't have Mahomes couldn't. High. Mahomes couldn't live up to that billing that Josh Allen does. But I I, th- I I want to see new philosophy for the Bills. But yeah, I mean beyond I guess beyond the the Niners Cowboys thing, I mean I would kind of have it near the yeah. Story and I, I don't even really like the Chargers at ten. I just have them there strictly strictly because Herbert. Like I've I love like, I the, the Seahawks and Lions rosters way more. No, I, the I get that. Like, it's well, and with the Chargers hurt. too, like they had guys down last year. J.C. Jackson didn't play yeah. like all year. Khalil Mack got hurt. Like that Chargers defense is going to get mm-hmm. healthy, and that Chargers defense on paper, at least, is is elite. And they got Sante Samuel Jr. looking good offense. last year too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I like. I had. I would have probably honestly. I would have probably had the Chargers in honorable mention. I know they're a talented team, and we talked about this last year a bit. Actually, how they like on paper they have one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, but in all honesty. I'm not the biggest believer in Stokely, honestly, or Staley. Sorry, not Stokely, not either, Brandon Staley. Yeah. So um, I have much more faith in Doug Peterson, though, in the AFC South and the way that team's kind of getting built Completely up. Completely so agree. I, agree I have too. them I at have 10 because they're going to make the playoffs for sure. If they don't, I don't know what's wrong with them, honestly, but they're yeah. going to make the playoffs. And I think you got to put a playoff team at 10. Um, so I'm going to put them there. And honestly, like I like I know the Cowboys are a loaded roster, but I, I personally I think everything comes down to how y'all do in the postseason. I know y'all perform in the regular season, but for me, I had y'all. I have it Jags. I have it Jags, Dolphins, Cowboy, Ravens. So I had the Ravens ahead of the Cowboys, and that's purely just because I I just I need to see it to believe it. If y'all can win a playoff game, that totally changes how I look at it for the next season. But 
until y'all get this like first round playoff win, like it's going to be kind of like, for me, the the fun fact that I love with the Cowboys, and I had to bring this up because Texans suck, so I'm well aware of this, but the Cowboys only have one more playoff win the last 25 years than the Texans. So that's yeah. kind of unsettling and, that's kind yeah, of ne- clearly neither are doing a, very good. I have yeah, uh, neither are doing good, but like there's that's yeah. just kind of where I sit with that. And I trust the Ravens organizationally more. Uh, I like the Bills, but I think the Jets are going to be better than the Bills this year because they were a quarterback away from being a fucking great team last year. Um, and then everything else, I would have had the same, honestly. I'm actually probably would have switched the Bengals and Eagles because um, I think whoever wins the AFC is winning the Super Bowl this year. So that's kind of why I got them one and two. Actually, yeah, one. Oh, sorry. I actually had uh, the Jags at six. six? Oh, I like. Uh, I see. That's not bad. Spicy. They, they could. I'll, yeah, that's I'll get, spicy. I'll, I'll get more. I don't hate it. I don't later. hate it. Yeah. No. So, but. like, my yeah, my thing with them is because I was about to talk about the Jags too, dude. Like, I think Calvin Ridley is gonna be so so good for uh, Lawrence because he's got. I mean, Christian Kirk and. Who's the other guy? He's a real uh, one. Zay he's Jones. a real. He's a real exactly. wide receiver. Well, one. yeah, you saw it's Christian like, Kirk put up wide receiver one numbers. Yeah, but it, it's like it's like I one. said, it's like adding an AJ Brown or a DJ Moore. Yeah, there, there's more better examples, but I just can't think off the top of my head. No, those yeah, are good uh, examples. DeAndre Hopkins for Kyler, like yeah. you know guys like that. And no, yeah, and like like you said, Biggie, like the Jag, I would have the Jags or the Chargers. I think yeah, we I think everybody agrees that Brett and Staley is not the guy. I mean the Dicks, amount, mm-hmm. and it started obviously before that game against the Raiders to where he that elected fucking to Raiders that game. But it's oh beyond that. I mean, dude, if if you looked at their Vegas odd, their live money line last year against the Jaguars. They were like a ninety nine percent chance to win that game, up twenty eight to three, yeah, I believe. Like, right, it's a known stat. They were ninety nine percent, and like yeah, a lot of it falls on Staley. But beyond that, I I think at some point it's gonna have to fall on Herbert. Like you it, you could only I have agree. you can only have this, and we see Herbert. You know, we see the plays he makes, the talent he possesses. It's great. It's it's awesome. He's a great quarterback. But I think after this year, if they fall short again, we're gonna start to hear. First of all, Staley will be gone, no doubt about that. But then second yeah. of all, we're also going to start to hear Herbert's not going to be gone, obviously, but we're going to start to hear whispers about Herbert. Yeah, is, is he is, elite? Is, is he elite? Does he belong in this top tier elite quarterback production? And then with, with, with the top four of these teams, that I, at least I believe the Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Niners, those are the four teams that we know are loaded. We know they have great quarterback play or not, maybe not consistently perform. We yeah. know these teams are going to come to play in the playoffs. And that's what it comes down to, I think, with the top four versus the five through ten. Is at the top four. We know come playoff time, they're yeah. going to be good. They're going to be ready to play. They're going to be prepared all across the board. And so five through ten. That's why, like I think the Cowboys, Bills, Jets, Dolphins, these teams, they got to prove it postseason time. It's like the like yeah. and that's the thing I'm with, just biased with, with, the, with the, the NBA, right? It's like NBA <laughs> a little we, bit. <laughs> with NBA, we take into so much account. You do this regular season, cool, but let's see you do it in postseason. That's why I think the Cowboys and, are probably number one with an X on their target of like we want. I think um. I think something interesting you brought up, which is something that I kind of like take away, which is just like a general big difference between how NFL teams and NBA teams are built. NBA teams, you are usually drafting for the most talented player. When you're a winning team in the NFL, you draft for needs because your needs are the only weaknesses when you're a good team. So I think that's kind of a big thing is that we're starting to see a lot of teams. They still want the talented young guys, obviously, but we saw the lines going up and reaching for some guys who thought were reaches. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you're still taking talented guys, but I think at, I think there's a little bit of a difference in how we, you know, you construct the NFL yeah. and NBA team, obviously, just because there's so many more fucking guys on the team, obviously. But with that in mind, different. um, 
it it is different because it um you know talent is talent is great to have in the NFL, but there's more to it than just you know talent alone in the I NFL. I mean, like like the it. Chiefs, the Chiefs drafted a tackle that was a need because they had to you know they I mean when you're a good team, you're going to have salary cap casualties. Exactly. They lost Orlando Brown. Yeah. yeah, And they lost Orlando Brown. So they had to draft a tackle, but I mean like Mm -hmm. the Bengals, like the Bengals had maybe some holes they could have patched a little bit, but they were just like, Hey, Miles Murphy's on the board. We already have two good DNs. Maybe even three. Let's freaking take him though. Why not? He's the Legion of Boom. The old three D. They have Henderson. Hendrickson. Uh, oh my gosh, I was looking at it earlier. Right, but you're also drafting more guys every time you're you know making right. these decisions too. So, but that's why I just think it's interesting, just because like high I talent in the NBA is just. I don't know. Like it's it's yeah, definitely I'm, more coveted, I think, than like fit and need is in the NFL. By. Yeah, I think yeah, with that hard exactly with that too. It's like need versus need versus talent i think like the contending teams pick need mm-hmm. but then like yes. obviously the weaker teams are going to pick talent in the nba probably. too mm-hmm. it's really hard to because talent is so coveted it's hard to go out and get the free agents that you want mm-hmm. and that are top free agents and so you can't really sign. take as many chances because right. you don't have as many roster spots so yeah. in the nba your free agency is where you fill the holes and that's where you get your needs versus you mm-hmm. draft the best player in the NFL, Sam because Roberts. there's so many guys, you could kind of sign free agents or make guys. trades to your needs. I would still argue that teams, and they don't always do this. Look at the Chiefs. I yeah, mean, exactly like they always, obviously want talented guys, right. but I think a need is still like if they if they're talented but they don't have a way to play on the team, it's going to be hard to make it work. You know, yeah. NBA yeah. that talent kind of oversees what organizationally you're looking at because like shit, we got to get this fucker involved. And NFL, it's yeah. it's, a, it's not really like that. Yeah. All right, you want to hear my QB tier for the NFC? Yeah, let's go. All right, all right, all right. So my NFC QB tiers, let's see, I have one, two, three, four. I have six tiers. I have six tiers. And so these are, they're, they're, they're kind of like a ranking, but they're like a ranking slash like categorized type of quarterback, right? So my first tier, I have, my first tier is called the Mecca, and it's only one quarterback in the NFC. It's Jalen Hurts. Yep. I think I remember what Jalen Hurts did, the way he played in the Super Bowl. I mean, he he distinguished himself from the rest of these NFC quarterbacks as the alpha in the NFC. Obviously, if we're talking about AFC quarterbacks, there's other guys, but the NFC quarterback play is so weak. And what so I think shady. Jalen Hurts really is in his own tier now as far as NFC quarterbacks go. So I have Jalen Hurts in the Mecca. My second tier, and by the way, <laughs> these are the same tier names, tier names that I had for the last tier list i made last year but or actually they're slight they're half consistency is key exactly so my second (laughs) tier is called all reliable it's dak prescott matthew stafford geno smith Derek carr kirk cousins and jared goff so there's six of them so all six of these guys um the, the all six of these guys they're guys they're not going to elevate the team if there's deficiencies around to where you're going to win because of this guy but if all the pieces are in place for these quarterbacks they're going to fit the job great. They're going to be really good game managers, and they will win you games if you do have the surrounding offensive line, defense, coaching, whatever you want to say around them. They can get you some success, but they're not guys that are going to elevate like a Hurts or a Burrow or a Mahomes would. So that's the second tier. Mm-hmm. My, third, my third tier is called Boomer Bust. Um, there's two of them. It's Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. So for Kyler Murray, we've seen him play a few years now. He's gotten hurt. 
Um, but I still really do believe there is real untapped upside in Kyler Murray if we do get the right pieces around him. Mm-hmm. We do get a real coach that's not Cliff Kingsbury with him. Obviously, there's the questions about his mentality and the Call of Duty shit and all that. But I don't think anybody can deny the talent that Kyler Murray possesses and yeah. does have. You know, he could easily end up in your second tier there by the end of or not maybe not the end of this year because he's coming yeah. back from injury. For me though, he, may, he's yeah. he's still like young enough and untapped. Mm-hmm. I, I my thing with like the second tiers, I think all of those guys we know what they are serviceable. Yeah, exactly. I think with Kyler, there's still there's still more to be shown potentially. Is mm-hmm. My thing with him, and then with Justin Fields, it's pretty fucking simple. I mean, we saw what he can do on the ground with the legs. We talked about the Bears earlier. Um, it's if he can take that next step passing-wise. And if he can, he could be a Jalen Hurts type of quarterback. Or if he doesn't, he could be a guy in a year or two that's a backup. So, boom or bust. My fourth tier is called Take the Next Step, and it's Brock Purdy slash Trey Lance. Probably more just Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones, um, we saw real we saw real flashes from these guys last year. Um, but not enough to where we can put, ourselves, put them in the overliable category with Brock Purdy. Obviously, was it a one-year flash in the pan, or was it just because yeah. of the Shanahan system? Like, we still don't tape? even for sure know he's going to be the quarterback this we don't year, know. to be completely honest. But, yeah. you know, and he could go either way. You know, he, he could be in the Mecca tier at the end of next season, or he could be Who knows? in a yeah. bottom tier. And then with Daniel Jones, I mean, he looked like a bust his whole career until Brian Dable got there. My thing with that, they did run a very simplified offense last year. I want to see the playbook open up with Daniel Jones. And, yes, he didn't have any help on the outside last year. And that was the whole reason for the simplified playbook because Mm -hmm. he didn't have the weapons around him to run a full offense. Now you bring in – they got Wondell Robinson coming back. They went out and they got Darren Waller. You got Shepard coming back. They got – who's their other receiver they got? They got a big – they got oh, um, they had good production out of cut him, but they drafted yeah. Jalen Hyatt, which they got they Jalen speed. Hyatt. Jaylen they got uh, who's the, they got Paris Campbell in there now. They got plenty of bodies on the yeah, outside. Brophy was here. He'd tell us. Yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but with Daniel Jones, I want to see you develop into the next step. I want to see the playbook open up. I want to see you become that passer and take the next step. My fifth tier is just called Show Me What You Got, and it consists of Bryce Young, Sam Howe, Jordan Love, and Desmond Ritter. So Bryce Young is. I didn't want to put him in a tier alone, but he's kind of like in his own subcategory in this tier as the only rookie in the NFC that's going to be starting. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, no, he's a rookie, number one pick. Let's see what you got. But then Sam Howe, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, all three of these guys, we have, we've seen them play a little bit, but not really a lot. Um, I'm not high on any of these three, but show me what you got. Show me that you belong as a starter in this league. If I had to guess, I would say that none of the three of them are probably starters but let's how how love and ritter but let's see what you got you know you're going to be the qb one opening day so let's see if you're about it then my last tier tier six it's called substitute teacher (laughs) and it's just baker mayfield (laughs) so (laughs) so with baker obviously he is a bridge quarterback to whatever their future plans are um i mean he got dumped last year by the browns the rams traded what a a day three pick form. Did they pick him? I, or I don't they know cut what... him? Yeah, I think they, they picked they, him up off they waivers. Him up off yeah. waivers. Yeah. So the Rams cut they Baker. Get shit for him, unfortunately. Yeah. The Rams cut Baker. You know, Rams picked him up. We saw a little bit of flashes, but now he's with Tampa Bay, and you're the substitute teacher, man. It's like you can come in, 
and you're yep. probably going to be a substitute for us. Your but role. there is the chance that we do have a little bit of flash into maybe we're, maybe we roll with you. Maybe we get a substitute that turns into a permanent spot here at Heritage Elementary. The role I don't know. Of, but, uh, Baker Mayfield as a substitute teacher is, A, go out, suck, lose some football games so that we can get Caleb Williams yeah. next year. That's, That's the uh, only yeah, role that there they, is. They are getting him. the one pick. Yeah. I mean, if if they don't, you have to consider their season of failure for next year. Yeah. I mean, you add Caleb Williams into that offense, so it's like my, my thing with the Bucks though is I think there's still enough talent on the Bucks to where yeah. they can be competitive and to where they could potentially convince themselves that hey, maybe this sub you know got half of our students a B plus grade uh, and to where maybe we'll bring them back for one more. Can year. I teach these kids? But yeah, what, what do you? <laughs> What do y'all think about that? They got to be really careful. What that's, what what y'all's what y'all's differences? That's purgatory right there for the Bucks. I just don't even think they're bad enough to be the worst team in the NFL. That's my thing with that. I don't either. They still, lot, they still they still have it's a like, lot. Of, they still have good talent, man. But my I per, is, I have them um, as like a big just loser this off season because they didn't do shit to fix that. Yeah, so. and that, that's my thing is like Baker's just yeah he, he's such a, a sub he's such a fill in. It's like what's the why, why don't you literally. Just put a freaking cabbage patch doll out there just so you can go get the one pick. Because your team is fine. If you if you can get a, Caleb Williams while not losing anything, and then you get another second round pick at thirty three. You know, I mean, that's two good players. I, I mean, a great quarterback with another promising player. Like, dude, why? I, I know it's illegal, but why the hell not tank? Seven and ten is the worst record in the NFL. Even though I know that sounds. Weird, because I mean, there's teams that don't yeah, win games yeah. and win two games, but seven and ten basically means, hey, we're stuck. We're one year away from being the worst team in the league, and we're also one year away from maybe being a playoff team. Yeah. Now, if you were, you know, two and fifteen, and then you jump to seven and ten, ah, oh, that's cool. Like the Bears. Mm-hmm. But if you're just routinely seven and ten, and you're the the, you know. The Jaguars for the I mean, I, time, the Raiders okay. for the I will say time. this. My reason for the, the reasoning of, oh, this substitute could turn into a permanent spot. Right. Or not per, but like if we play. I think the NFC North, it's very unknown, very bad to where I do see a world to where they could win the South. I mean, the Bucks. The, the Bucks. I'm not saying it's going to happen yeah. at all. They're they're the least favorite team in the South. I mean, South. Baker's but, gotten guys but together there, out there, of the court. There is a world. I mean, Mike Evans is there. Chris Godwin's there. Rashad Jones ain't a bad or Rashad White ain't a bad running back. The O line, they have Warps. If you guys defense, they're gonna get Shaq Barrett back. They have a good secondary. Vita Vey is there. I mean, I think there is a world to where the the Bucks with Baker, and we saw Flagler with the Rams, to where he could be competitive enough <laughs> with those weapons. Because he hasn't had weapons like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He no. just hasn't. To mm-hmm. where they could convince themselves to where they might bring him back. But regardless, I have him in like the last tier. So, but what what do y'all think about the rest of the tier list? Um, let, let me hear it. For the rest of the tier list, let's see. So, show me what you got. You got Bryce Young, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter. Ultimately, I I mean I agree. So, how would you how would you rank that um that old reliable tier? Because that one I feel is like kind of like the more like toss up one of them all right there. That's like how would the- you? That's yeah, if you could separate one. any, it'd yeah, be so that my one. my old reliable tier, and I think some of these guys are higher. Like I didn't like rank them or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think some of the old reliable tier are like better quarterbacks than others. But right. I view them as quarterbacks that are good game managers so, 
to where if they have the pieces around them, they can be successful. But if they do not have the pieces around them, they're probably going to crumble. All right, so let me ask you this. Do you rank Dak or Geno higher? Dak. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Do Dak you are. rank uh, Dak or Stafford higher? I go Dak. I'd start Dak, staying so. Dak at this point in their career. Just because of Stafford. I don't, I don't know what Stafford I'm, I'm probably going to pick Stafford, honestly. Just I, I think I'm with Cole. I've seen him win a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I know he had top-tier talent around him, and he's coming off an injury, and he's it. getting old. But I've seen him make plays that Dak will never make in his fair. life. And the other guys, I mean, Carr, Cousins, Goff. I know you like Dak more than them. But yeah, I think all six of these guys, though, they're all they're all guys they're, who could get you to the playoffs. They're and they're that's okay. what they are. They're good, not great quarterbacks. Okay, they could, so yeah. with he's Cousins. the best. He's the best of that bunch. That's what I'm wondering. I say probably Stafford or Dak. Yeah. Probably Dak or Stafford. Yeah. Okay. So Cole, I, who out of uh, I don't know if it's better to ask one in each tier who's your favorite or just like. Who are your two favorite? And like, who, who do you think in these bottom well, groups besides the... besides Baker? He's he's a sub. He he's gonna be off. Yeah, later later this week. So um, who in these three tiers is like your two two guys that you think are gonna jump up besides Fields? Because you already talked about him. Yeah, well, well, f- probably Fields and I mean, Kyler's tough because I mean Kyler's probably not gonna play half the season. He's all about injury. And, right. And the the Cardinals now are where the Bears were right a year ago. They've got rid of a lot of their guys, and they're the the Cardinals are playing to lose now. Okay, so I think that's their philosophy. So, yeah. do you think they are going to trade Kyler Murray this season or off season? They, I think they. I okay. If the Cardinals have if the Cardinals have the worst record in the league this next year, they will trade Kyler Murray and pick Caleb Williams. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't have any doubt about that. Yeah. Any any of these teams that have a questionable quarterback play, if they get the one, they're pick, getting Caleb. They're going to pick Caleb and trade their current QB. Yeah, for sure. I think there is going to be a market for Kyler too, which is an important thing. There will there be. Wasn't really and he's a still, dude. He's still. Well, he's still what twenty five? Like yeah. he's so young. Hey, There's a hell of a market in the NFC. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go stick. Go I mean, stick Kyler Murray on the 49ers and watch Saints. Bro, that 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 would literally be a college offense. Like, yeah. I mean, dude. There. The fact, yeah, there's a market last year for Matt Ryan. Like, there's going to be a market for yeah. Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. And you and know, some, some team, not the Colts because they urge him, but some team with a Colts-like philosophy and mindset is going to convince Commanders. themselves that they could milk out the best possible version of Kyler Murray that's out there. What's interesting? But that's I, I really think Kyler can still be a top-tier quarterback. I really do. Oh, he, yeah, no, he has not. Great. He has Kyler's not had, had everything around him his whole career. I mean, we've got we to remember, like, Kyler was drafted one, and a lot of these guys that get drafted one – are inherited. I mean, they're getting drafted one for a reason. You're inheriting a, a horrible roster, and you had Cliff Kingsbury as your head coach. Yeah, that like, don't help. There's obviously Stupidest questions about the, the demeanor and the headspace of Kyler, but the talent does not lie. Like we have seen this guy make plays that not a lot of people can make. What I think is interesting yeah. is is in that old reliable group and in the group of the uh, Show Me What You Got. Some of those dudes may not be in the NFL next year. Uh, or some of the dudes in the old reliable group, I should say, may get relegated to backups. This next QB class that's upcoming uh, in the next I don't, draft. I mean, who do you think, think the old reliable will be backups? Very good. I mean, there's a chance that if, if Geno Goff- Smith doesn't have a good year, yeah. that he could get relegated to a backup. If the Saints fail to win the NFC, I know that they just gave Derek Carr a bunch of money, but as a Saints fan, I was I was super upset by it. Yeah, by giving I didn't him like a bunch that of money, move. But also... I, I mean, like what a what a, a stay what a stay stagnant move. Like, yeah, I know. Vikings I know, no, may stagnant. need one. No, and Vikings that that's need one. that's my thing. 
all reliable are their stagnant quarterbacks. Right. And they, at yeah. any point, if they have a bad year and stop becoming reliable, they get relegated. A good QB class comes around, free agents open up, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, things so, starts to shift. So two things. One, there's you know, there's always going to be teams that need QBs. There's right. never going to be 32 good QBs. But also, yeah, like also like, yeah, you you got to like you know even Carr with Hendon Hooker. If Hendon comes and overtakes Carr for a couple games, and then he's the he's the new starter. Hendon Hooker's yeah. Oh yeah, Goff. my bad, Goff. Who the, who the hell's gonna want Goff? No one. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, any I of mean, those dudes, I if think they struggle, that there's there's a team that would he, but that would, a, but for that team he'd just Tennessee, be a fill-in though. Like he'd be a fill-in, but I'm saying he'd still be a starter. Exactly. But that's just yeah. a fill-in. That's not your your franchise I mean, Matt, quarterback. Matt Every Ryan team wants last a year at like 36, coming off a bad year, got to start. Titans that's are that, gonna need a quarterback. That, that's the soon, thing though so. is, every, and that's the thing with the old reliable guys. Yeah, I, think I think no matter what, pretty much all of these guys will probably get starter spots. I mean, Jameis Winston hasn't proven dick in the NFL. And he got a starter's job last year with the Saints because they were that hungry and thirsty for a quarterback. Like, even if a Geno Smith, who is probably who is the least unproven on this tier, goes and has a bad year, some team out there will go and trade a fifth or sixth round pick and take on Geno for a year and hope he could turn it back around to where he's. It'll last just year. be interesting with, it, and he may go in and join a new team and play in that team for a little bit, but there's at minimum four first round QBs in this next draft in college. It's one of the best years yeah. in a long time. Okay. And I mean that that's something to pay attention to as the college football season progresses, but also as the NFL season progresses. Somebody's not to, doing that'll good. be a lot of fun to watch the this year. He's dropping in the rankings. Watch yeah. the mock drafts just mock so, let me, okay, let, so let me that, ask you that, that adds on to Sorry, go ahead. I got. I, got I was just saying, do y'all do y'all agree that Jalen Hurts is in his own tier? Oh, one hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 No disagreements. There. Okay, it'd so, be worth the debate if he was in the AFC, but yeah. not oh, much yeah. in the NFC. Not in the NFC, no. So yeah, so we're talking about all these these four quarterbacks. So who who is it? We got uh, Caleb Williams, obviously. We got Drake May. Drake May. Who Quinn else? Ewers is getting Ewers. mocked first. <laughs> yeah, Ewers. He's not. I thought he's not. Ewers, Ewers is already. He's a junior. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's already a retro junior. Retro yeah, sophomore. Richard then, sophomore yeah. yeah, there's one more. Who is it? Um, Michael Penix Jr. Penix from Washington. Washington. Yep. Yeah, just tore up. So Bo Nix from Auburn, or not from Oregon. Yeah. I mean, if he has a good year, yeah, he well, can sneak he's, he's been in mocks, mocks, though. He's yeah, been in exactly. mocks. Yeah. So, okay. So there's got to be somebody is, I'm forgetting. Because we're talking, so there will potentially be like four starting new QBs next year. So out of your show me what you got here, with Bryce, Bryce Young doesn't count. He's going to be starting right. next year. But out of these three quarterbacks, Sam Howe, Jordan Love, and Desmond Ritter, who's still going to be starting next year? Oof. Well, Bryce Young That's will a be the question. There's, I think there's a really good chance that Bryce Young's going to be starting next year, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah. there's a a real good chance that. None of how love or Ritter will be starting. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. a very good but, chance. But, but, yeah. from, I, think, I I paid them the respect of the fact that we haven't seen them play really. I'll right. pick that, mine. That's why I, I think it's going to be Ritter because I think that offense is going to be pretty damn fun to watch. I mean, watch yeah, Ritter, they're not going to throw Ritter it too was much. Bad. Ritter, I, yeah, I, no, I agree. I, I don't think I don't think any of those three will. I think next offseason, those three teams will be looking for a new quarterback. All of the team, all the QBs on from really old reliable though and show me what you got if their teams underperform watch how those qbs play when not all Dak, the mock not drafts, Dak, baby not da- not, Dak, not, Dak, Dak. Dak. not Dak, and <laughs> i mean 
the, Maybe the, the only one. The Rams. The Rams are kind Dude, of so very just. The AFC is so much stronger quarterback. Oh than yeah. the NFC. It's That's so crazy. Some, yeah, I mean. So crazy. This like, AFC, the AFC tier list will be interesting to look at yeah. because we'll, it's just. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that next week. Will Levis will be the substitute yeah. <laughs> team for that. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows if he even starts? They, yeah, they'll so literally be substituting. So yeah. yeah. Oh but my god. Y'all got anything else on that tier list? Nah, I'll nah, get that. I, I didn't even make one. All righty. All right. Next up, we got some NFL offseason winners and losers. We're gonna start with the winners. Who y'all got? Steelers. Why? So, I just like. Ah oh man, I I. I I want to pull up their draft really quick. So they got so first off, I, they signed that guy from the Eagles at guard. That was pretty solid last year. And then they got Bod, Broderick Jones in the first round. And then they got uh, man, I need I really I really should have had this pulled up. But um, they they basically they really upgraded their O line. Kenny Green in the draft last year. That that's the Texans. Oh, the Texans got him. Yeah, 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 sir. And so, um, kind of sucks balls, but yeah, we did yeah, draft. Yeah, no, no and, don't but, draft any players. Yeah, so and then they they also signed Allen Robinson, which because all this like they got so much stuff for Kenny Pickett, dude. Like just like just surrounding like so they like they actually have a decent O line now, and yeah, they got a like a, a solid first round O tackle. Uh, they got that guy at guard. I'm pretty sure they drafted another uh, inside inside guy. In the Robinson second or third, huge one though. Yeah, I agree with that. And then they got, and then they got, uh, who's the tight end from Georgia? That was really exciting. Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Yeah. We'll see. He's he was kind of injured, which is why he slid down boards. But I mean, if he's ready to go when the season starts, I mean, yeah, at very minimum, he's going to be a great yeah. blocker. For and yeah, minimum. they freaking okay. That's who it was. They stole Joey Porter in the second round, yeah. which is awesome. And then they had that Keanu Bitten guy who was projected to go uh, like early second round. They got, I mean, they got him later in the second. But yeah, I really like a lot of the moves they did. And then getting rid of uh, Claypool, yeah, Claypool for a second, and you get Joey Porter for that, dude. That is such That's a great a move. steal. Biggie, who you got as one of your winners? So I'm gonna go a little with some bias here, just to kind of round it out. But then I got <laughs> another one that is it's a little more probably obvious. But I'll start with my little bias one. Going with the Houston Texans here. My main thing is just because I think we're finally taking the steps of doing shit that winnings teams actually fucking do. And yes, we may have given up some capital to get our future in our offense and defense, but we were able to potentially take care of that in our first year. So I'm liking that. Second off, the players we did add, they are proven NFL caliber players, and I like what they bring to the table here. I really like what Jimmy Ward's going to be able to do for the Texans. Uh, he was a leader on the defense for the 49ers. Leader of that secondary was a big part of keeping that unit together throughout all the injuries they, you know, kind of had throughout the season. So he's a huge impact for me. Another guy I love bringing in is obviously Dalton Schultz. Every great rookie quarterback I think needs a security blanket. And Dalton Schultz, I think, is about as sure-handed tight end as there is in the league. Yeah, he's got some health concerns, but I really like what he's been doing over the past few years. And Honestly, I think he's going to be one of our leading receivers in terms of productions and in terms of touchdowns this year. Um, and then also on top of that, too, we added Shaq Mason, who has proven himself in the NFL or re-signed. Yeah, he's and, good. You know, you know, maybe some people thought maybe we overpaid a little bit. But honestly, I think if you're the Texans right now, you lock him in for three, four years. And if he sucks, you know, hopefully the team's already good enough to where you can collect assets and kind of replace him at that point. So by that point, you're kind of hoping you could afford his loss. And then I really like what Robert Woods is going to bring to the young wide receiver room that we got. I mean, I know we're not the most proven wide receiver room, but they are young, talented guys. And 
I don't really think Robert Woods is even going to lead the team receptions. I just think he's going to be a huge impact and like a Randall Cobb-esque type of player for this team. And I really like Nico Collins in the size. I really like Tank Dell. And then we actually get to see what John Mention can do finally coming back from leukemia. So that'll be really interesting yeah. to see. We had traded up to get him, and it was unfortunate that that had happened. So, um, you know, I'm really excited for what they did. And obviously the big thing here is getting the number one head coaching candidate kind of sought out throughout the entire league. Um, getting D'Amico is huge for us. We saw what Saul has been able to do with the Jets, who has been seen as one of the most tainted franchises in the league. So I'd say in this case, you know, yes, the Texans are not one of the premier franchises in the NFL, but we are taking the steps and doing things that, you know, winning teams do. Um, so that's just kind of where I sit with the Texans there. And then my next one is obviously kind of just talk about Wait, hang on, New Biggie. York. Je- oh, sorry. Can I say one thing on the Texans? Oh, go for it. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. I was just kind of run through them. But no, yeah, you're no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead after. So what I've, Freaking love what the Texans did this offseason. Like, I think they had a great offseason. It's just a culture shift. It's a culture yeah, shift. It is such a culture shift because the, and they they built they built the trenches. They tried to build the O line for Stroud, and I think he has a lot of young good receivers. My only Laramie's a great left tackle. Yeah, I think uh, come come let's say nine months from now, season's over. If they don't have a good record, y'all are gonna we're gonna want that pick. Yeah, yeah. You, that and that is the only thing that you can look mm-hmm. back on this offseason and say, damn. Yeah, but it's but still an if. I think so. I think to to Texans defense on that one. Obviously, you know, I think getting a Caleb Williams type player is, you know, huge. I don't really know 100% for sure if the Texans just straight up CJ Stroud after his rookie year for Caleb so, Williams. And so also, with that being said, we're also we were picking for a quarterback this season anyway. So I think the idea was that, you know, why not go ahead and load up on the offense and defensive side of all cuz there are players on the defensive side, but this is an offensive hezzy draft class coming in. So I get it, but I guess in the Texans' yeah. eyes, they just must have not have seen a difference maker on defense or wide receiver at that high pick they were going to get. So I think they're going to kind of let it be up to some other team to decide, you know, you figured out what to do with the quarterbacks and needs. We'll kind of sit back and get what y'all kind of leave behind. So yeah, and um, there's, yeah. two, there's a defense to it, but obviously I'm going to want us to have a high pick, obviously. But, you know, there is there could be some logic to it. Yeah, and the scary thing about yeah. uh, drafting a quarterback from Ohio State, you're talking about the best receivers and the best offensive linemen in college football. That is true. And one of the best offensive systems, although I don't think Ryan Day is that great of a coach. They run a pretty damn good offense over there at Ohio State. None of Ohio State's quarterbacks have really panned out, per se. That's fair. I mean, Justin Fields, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's panned out. Are you are you confident in CJ Stroud because I, I I see shades of Dwayne Haskins. I'm I'm confident in him because I think personally I don't think we've really I don't think that Ohio State's really had a type of because there's more to Stroud than just his what he does on the field. He was a leader of that team when he was a quarterback his first season. So, I mean, it there you're getting a leader, you're getting a guy who's been in winning situations, yes. Yeah, and you know, you know, you that yeah, the Ohio State don't have a great history, but I make an argument CJ Stroud's probably the most NFL ready quarterback Ohio State has had. Yeah, I mean, I would say Haskins has upside because of the huge arm talent, but I mean, CJ Stroud is known for his accuracy. (laughs) Yeah, rest in peace. But um, Haskins is or not has well, sorry, Uh, Stroud is known for his accuracy, his game management, putting the ball where it needs to be, making plays when he has to. He's gonna have to show that a little more for us this year. But, um, you know, I just don't – I don't think the Texans were in a spot where they could wait another year for a quarterback. 
So I think that's kind of where the lock goes. If we're getting that top pick in this draft, it's going to be a quarterback. Let someone else figure it out. Yeah. And honestly, the Cardinals are going to have to figure out what to do because are, are they going to get a quarterback? if they Because they're going to have to get the one pick. They'll have to. So, yeah. My, my, my thing is I don't think – there's any scenario where the, unless Stroud we're not going to be a great team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't going to be a great team, but y'all aren't going to end up with the one pick. And and if y'all did, I think y'all would just trade it for, you know, a buttload of picks, which would be perfect mm-hmm. for y'all. But I mean, you can't do that now, but um, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think y'all would get that one pick. It's Marvin just Harrison like, Jr. Yeah. It's that's literally, it's want. just, y'all got the second or third or fourth. Yeah, something, that, that would be Marvin the guy. Harrison or Bowers. Like one of those guys would really change the offense. So yeah, that's the only thing that, I mean, but Hey, you got Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you could, I could see, uh, I Harrison is, I think, as he could be a number one of this class wasn't so loaded with quarterbacks. I think he's that fucking good. But I think it'll be interesting to see come draft day, like what happens when the quarterbacks start going off the board? Because there are so many fucking teams in the NSC that are going to need a quarterback and they're going to be wheeling and dealing to make some trades with some teams that are going to get their ass kicked in the ASC this year from how top heavy that fucking side of the league is. So, um, you know, I know it's a lot to see here, but it's a big culture change. And as a Texan fan, I had to show some support to that. Um, and then, obviously, the Jets. I mean, how can you go against what the Jets have done, adding Aaron Rodgers? I think that is clearly one of the biggest winning moves. They were literally a quarterback away last year. Garrett Wilson was producing with fucking Zach Wilson back there, fucking bitching and complaining about everything. So, I think, I think obviously, that is a huge addition. And you hope, obviously, Sauce Gardner's only going to get better from what he's done. So, I think that was just a clear – I had to throw that in there. Obviously, the Jets are a yeah. huge winner this offseason. We probably did. We all have the Jets. Yeah, as a winner literally. Of the yeah, I, I literally, I wrote the Jets, yeah. and I wrote, I mean, Rogers. Like literally, yeah, that, that, very simple. Elevate that offense all, all like crazy. Yeah, Wilson's gonna go insane. Uh, for my teams, yeah, I had the Jets. Um, the other two teams who I, I'll kind of group in together and just talk about together are the Ravens and the Eagles. Who I have? Why? Because both of them were able to hold on to their quarterbacks for nice long-term deals. I think for the Ravens, they would have been fools to let go of Lamar and let him go to a team like the Falcons and then allow the Falcons or some other team to become a powerhouse. They needed him back. I think he'll find a way to work with Todd Monken and, uh, you know, with added receivers. Not that I hated the Greg Roman offense because it was unique and it worked for them, but by adding some receivers in there, you're going to allow Lamar to stop having to run so much, stop having to scramble so much. And he's proven at this point in his career, he's proven what Justin Fields has yet to prove, that he's a good passer. Uh, And then Eagles, yeah, I mean, you hold on to Hurts. He clearly has a bright future. He ran a lot of RPOs at Bama. He He ran a lot of RPOs at OU. And Sirianni came in and said, hey, we're going to run RPOs. And so that was a match made in heaven. I think they got the talent on offense to be able to build around that. And um, obviously they had the best draft of anybody in the NFL. Yep. Just take everybody from Georgia. That was the strategy. I cannot. That yeah, fits an already it's, winning it, team. It's, it's just like, it's, it's like, uh, oh, how do you let them get those guys? Yeah, it's I, one yeah, of those they, things. They end up with the 10 pick and say, hey, we lost Hargrave. How about we replace him with but someone, Jalen, Jalen Carter, Carter that has fucking potential. And it's generational. Like, yeah. Warren Sapp Jr. potentially. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, he, he's got character concerns. So, Good thing we have Jordan. Uh, his Jordan teammates. Davis, his literal yeah. like, mentor. Jordan Davis is his mentor. 
Plus, they you fucking, so no one's Jordan Davis saying the men, Fletcher yeah. Cox is that boy's mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll yeah. be the as like a friend. He's, his best bud is on the team. Yeah, but his mentor, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox is Fletcher Cox is big daddy. Around he runs that unit. That They're is gonna be the them Georgia Delphia yeah. Eagles. Him and Brandon Graham, those are the boys. That Georgia Delphia Eagles. That front like seven that. though is just absurd. I mean, yeah. oh, it's ridiculous. It's actually terrifying. My 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 winners real quick. Bears. We're in touch on the Bears, but. In Eagles, how they were able to, you know, yep. replenish themselves in the drafts, obviously. But the, my Cowboys. Whoa. So as a Here cowboy, as a, cow, as a Cowboy fan, obviously there's a things with Dak that we all have our concerns about. Yeah, that's there. But every offseason is what, what do we want to see the Cowboys do every offseason? And it's we want to see the Cowboys make moves like Howie Roseman does every year for Philly and say, why don't yep. we go trade a fifth-round pick for this guy? Why don't we go trade a fourth-round pick for this guy? And we did that this offseason. We traded a fifth-round pick for uh, Stephon Gilmore. We traded a fourth-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Those are two guys on the cornerback and receiver positions that are going to pay huge dividends. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, Trevon Diggs, real case, that's the best cornerback duo in the league now. You pair that with the Micah D-Law pass rush, I mean, good fucking luck you know, against the other teams. And then on the offensive side of the ball, what did we see in the playoffs? We saw Dak get trigger happy with C.D. Lamb to where there was no other help. I mean, yes, Michael Gallup is a good receiver. And Gallup wasn't but healthy. He's Exactly. He was coming off an ACL injury. And we see if you're not AP, your first year off an ACL injury probably isn't going to be that good. <laughs> yeah. but now Especially playing get, football. Now we get Michael yeah. Gallup, year two removed from his ACL injury. We get Brandon Cooks in a number two role, which he probably should be suited in the Texans. He's and a perfect number two, dude. He's, but but Cook, Cooks has been slotted. He's like a high-end number two. That's what Very high. Yeah. Cooks has been slotted as the one for most of the teams he's played on. He has been mm -hmm. the one. And so now I'm very excited to see Cooks as the number two to be a yin and yang with CeeDee Lamb and then Gallup as that red zone guy for Dallas. And it's solely off of – and we didn't lose much. I mean, we lost – who did we lose? We lost – Really nothing. Um, we lost. I mean, we lost uh, the cover, Connor McGovern. We lost McGovern. Yeah, they didn't. We didn't. Uh, we lost, lose we lost much, Zeke, but, but we we cut Zeke. But so. my my whole thing with Cal is we added two elite players at positions of elite positions. But even more than that, it's the philosophy and the GM work of of the moves that as us fans we want to see them make, but they never make. They always make. They they always make these smart, shrewd moves. That are non-splashy, not sexy moves. They try to build through the draft. Exactly. But now we see them go out and say, okay, we saw what you did, Howie Roseman. We saw how you traded those picks for Hassan Reddick. Or did they sign Reddick? They signed Reddick. No, they they traded those picks. They traded the picks for AJ AJ Brown, and then they traded for Darius Slay. Okay. But and yeah. they traded for Gardner but, Johnson midway. But well, we but yeah. If you're Jerry Jones and Co., we see the moves that all these teams make around the year that we want clamor for every year, trading day three picks for elite production level players. We did that this year, and I'm so excited to see that that Diggs Gilmore duo. And then Cooks cherry on top, but the they, got, they also got they got lucky with that Wentz trade too, because yeah. I mean, they, but yeah, they didn't. Even and then want I guess him. for losers, for we talk about the Bills a little bit, but I think the Raiders are. Big time losers. I mean, we look at the Raiders yeah, la that's off season last year. You know, Raiders last year is okay. We're gonna get Devonte Adams in. We had a good year last year. Now we're gonna make a splash in the hardest division of football. Well, guess what? It didn't happen, and it mm -hmm. really isn't that shocking. And now for the Raiders, Derek Carr bitches complains. He's out of town now. And what do we do? No, we don't. We don't tear it down, which was what we should do. We Just go keep and trade. It. 
We go and we we get the most mid level quarterback out there in Jimmy Garoppolo, Mo- who also will be lucky dude. to play yeah. ten games. And so I just don't get it for the Raiders' sake. And I'm I'm a huge believer in if it's NFL, NBA, whatever sport. If you're a middling team without a top tier talent at the quarterback position, it's gonna be tough. Tear it down, bro. The the Sure, you want to sell tickets, you want to get people in the stands, but tear it down. You're not making a run with Jimmy G as your quarterback. You can it's not so gonna many Devontae happen. Adams jerseys. You can yeah. only sell so many of them. And now, well, and now so if, I, if, I, if I had to bet, yeah. I would bet Devontae Adams is out of there next year because yeah, Devontae Adams came to the Raiders to play with his boy Derek Carr. And, and he's already gone. In the win. And now he's playing with Jimmy Garoppolo and a very middling team and one of the worst head coaches in the NFL and Josh McDaniels, and yep. I think the Raiders are a big-time loser. I just called him a shittier version of the Patriots, and that's that's all it is. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I see... It's like same idea, but just worse results. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Chandler Jones, you're good for the Patriots. Why don't you come on here like six years later? Oh, Jimmy G, the Patriots also that we liked in you. We're going to bring you on. I mean... And, and they found some guys in the draft. Uh, I think Morig, Trayvon Morig, is a good safety. I think Max Crosby is a top tier defensive lineman. But I mean, they're they're not going to compete. That's a team stuck in purgatory. If the best case scenario for the Raiders is that they suck balls this year and then just tear everything down, like you said, there's there's no hope for best them. Best case is that Jimmy G gets hurt week two, yeah. and they suck so bad where they can go snatch Caleb Williams. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's best case. And the fact that we're saying best cases are the worst team in the league is, is not good. pretty fucking tough. And, and then they'll have yeah. Caleb Williams, and they'll still have a bunch of dudes on super high contract that are old. And then and, not a lot of young players like that. It's, point, though, if you if you, get, really if you, if you are able anything. to land Caleb Williams, it's a win in itself. Right. But obviously, any teams and players' mindset going into years to not have that happen. But when you look at a futuristic perspective and a fan perspective, that's what you'd probably want from mm-hmm. them. But y'all got any more? Uh, I take a big old fucking. Loop. We kind of mentioned them earlier, so I won't go too much on them. It's, it's the Vikings. I mean, you have a chance to be a I had winner. In your division, and you did nothing, in my opinion. You did nothing. And if anything, you make it worse unless Kirk Cousin gets better. Um, and if he's the Shame same last happens. year, exactly. And if he's the same as he is last year, that's great. But you're going to have the same team as you had last year. And that's just going to put you in another bad spot come next offseason. So I don't really know what their logic was. I, I'm not too in tune with maybe their salary cap situation. Maybe that's kind of what it is. But honestly, I don't. I don't know what they were thinking because you have a chance to win the division and you're kind of just settling and Aaron Rodgers is finally fucking gone and y'all just like don't capitalize on it. It doesn't really make sense to me. Right. I had the Rams. I won't get into it too much because I know they got salary concerns. They can't really make any moves. Yeah, better. makes it tough. But I mean, at the same time, like <laughs> – What's the direction going? You guys better lose all the games. It's this year. The, a, it's it's literally the definition. Like everyone, you kept saying, "Fuck them picks," you know. Yeah. This is it. By, it's biting them in the yeah, ass. It's biting like, them this, in the this ass. Is, this you is sold what you should have expected. For the Super yeah. Bowl, yep. and that's cool. But it's like here we are, two years later, and now you got this expensive stadium with a team that's going to win five or six games, even though they have Matthew Stafford and a top three wide receiver. Yeah. So, not not excited about that, but. Um, yeah, anything, anything else there? Y'all good? I think we're good there. 
And cool. then uh, our last topic before the one quick fun question is our bold predictions for the season. Aaron, you want to start us off here? I'll start us off here. And I uh, was going to talk about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Jags, but I'll use the time to talk about it now. Um, I think it's a pretty bold take. I think the Jags are going to have a top three record in the NFL this year. I don't necessarily consider them one of the best three teams in the NFL. I got a chance. I think the AFC South provides them the opportunity for a clean sweep of six games, six wins. And then you look at the, yeah, you look at, I know, I know Ertz Deer is a Texan fan. Yeah, I know that would be, I mean, it's not, it's not out of the realm. It's not out of the realm for them to just pull off the sweep. I think the Titans got worse, especially if they put Will Levis in at quarterback. I think that he is dog shit, but. Malik. Huh? It's Malik done. Oh yeah, he was done. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the game where they couldn't throw the ball because he was playing quarterback. I think yeah, um, yeah. I think he's kind of done now. Yeah, you know? well, think about it. Yeah, six of seventeen. <laughs> yeah, six of seventeen games. You're close to guaranteed, and then you got eleven games. If you win six of those, that puts you at twelve wins, which is already pretty close to top three record. So if you win seven of eleven games. And you get to 13 wins. Pretty sure that would have been top three in the NFL yeah. in terms of records last year. I think it's pretty manageable. And so when I first said it out loud, I was like, Jags is a top three record. And then I started to go through the schedule, looked at the AFC South. I was like, you know what? It's pretty possible if Trevor Lawrence makes this next jump for them to be one of the top teams going into the playoffs next year. Because yeah. they're going to make the playoffs. There's no question about that. Uh, second, second hot take. I'm waiting to to drop this one on y'all. I know you Cowboys fans are oh, great. gonna love it. I think. Uh, Don't say we're gonna miss the playoffs. I think that the Cowboys are gonna make the Super Bowl next year. Oh, oh. Spicy. Oh. I don't think that they win it though. Don't give them this confidence. Ah, uh, that's that's why Jack's I the really best quarterback in the league. It. I started looking at. <laughs> When going get through the, the NFC tier list of QBs, Mike McCarthy's I was getting like, jacked. holy shit, the Resign NFC Zeke. QBs are awful. so much worse than the AFC QBs. Well, and they're not awful. They're just so much worse, yeah. Yeah, and the teams are not good. Like, I have three NFC teams in the top ten, and it's the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Something about it tells me that the Eagles won't be back in the Super Bowl, which leaves the Cowboys versus the Niners – and for reasons that I talked about earlier, I just think that the Cowboys have a decent shot. I'm not going to guarantee it. I definitely wouldn't put any money on it. Or they go got to that Vegas chip on their shoulder. It. Niners have beat them like two or three but you know what? in a row, this, too. And this is what I'll say, too. If the Cowboys can't make the Super Bowl this year, welcome to fucking purgatory, bitches, because, like, Y'all, this is this is the year. The the offensive line is getting older. I will say we've said it the past ten years. You got a defense with a bunch of veterans. You're gonna (laughs) have to go and sign a bunch more veterans on the defense. So it's like this is kind of it. This is your window right here. You're at the very end of your window. You know, Tony Pollard's coming off an uh, ACL injury. Dak isn't getting any younger. Um, You know, this is kind of it for the Cowboys right here. They better better perform and i'm not saying it's super bowl or bust you make the nfc championship game you can celebrate a good season but cowboys fans should be looking at the season saying hey all these years we've been saying this is the year this is the year no the nfc sucks you have a complete roster this is the year and if you fuck this up 
I don't know when the next shot I'll is going to come. I hope to God you're right, man. I agree. <laughs> Biggie, what I love you it. Giving, the, giving them that confidence. Well, something that I, I think is my bold take of the year, and um, I'm going to talk about them again. Um, I actually – I think the Vikings are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, um, and that's because I think Kirk Cousins is going to take a huge fall off um, this year. Um, I kind of thought he was progressively getting worse as the season was going on for the Vikings. And when things get bad with Kirk Cousins, it gets real fucking bad. Um, and so with that being said, on top of them potentially getting rid of Daniel Hunter and then putting their defense on very thin rocks right there, there's not a lot of ex- – other than Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and Christian Jarosaw all on offense – I don't see really anything out very promising else on that entire team. And once you get into that stage, you're you're selling. And once you don't have a quarterback, you're selling. And this is the year to pretty much if Kirk Cousins is not as good as he was last year, he has no chance. And then if he is dog shit, he's done. So um, that's my hot take of the year. I, I honestly think the Vikings are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, I think that's fair. And then my yeah, and then my I guess my other one real quick just to run it out there. Um, is that the Packers are going to be the last place team in their division this year, actually. So um, that's my other one right there. I That's kind of hinged on, I don't think Jordan, I'm nothing against Jordan Love, but put in a tough spot, big shoes to fill. New coach has never really had to develop a quarterback before. So um, it, it's tough being in a spot where you're not sure in the NFL because it usually you're going up against teams who are locked in and pretty fucking sure. So um, those are my two kind of takes on the year. Yeah, the Vikings window is closing too, like we talked about. So I, mean, I will I say I disagree with the Vikings one. I think the Vik I I still think the Vikings are like a safe team to win at least seven. Well, I don't know. I just think Kirk's gonna be real bad. Well, that's all I'm Kirk, saying. The thing with Kirk though is he has never been. I feel like that's the whole thing with Kirk is he's never been that bad. When you they know? lose, he's never they been lose horrendously. He's never been great, but he's he's never been. Tra- with he the Redskins, he, years, but that was but, with but the Redskins. That, that was terrible teams, and that was also a young Kirk. I mean, the, I mean, it really his whole career, he's always he's been a very middle of the pack quarterback. You know what you're getting. And my thing with like the fact their O line is is not good. It's not bad though by any means, and they still have Jay Jettas like and TJ Hawk and the rookie. Right. I personally, Caleb I Williams and Jefferson would be pretty fucking scary. That would be that'd be great yeah. for, but I. I think the Vikings are going to be good enough. To I don't win think that roster is bad games. enough for that to happen, though. I don't we'll that see. Yeah, like I say, I think because who knows what the Bears do? If Justin Fields actually develops as a passer, has like a Lamar type second season, I don't really see how the Vikings are better than that that Bears team with a quarterback like that. I mean, that's having a quarterback that good on the Bears. If he comes to like a Lamar level, going to be a little iffy or a little a little interesting right there to see how fucking good he really is. Um, but that could really elevate the Bears. So um, got to see because they got a chance. They got a good young quarterback today. I, I'm pretty sure they got faith in. Um, and that's not really something a lot of the NFC teams can say right now. So that's definitely going for them, too. But, yeah, Viking, that just I don't love Kirk Cousins. And it's just seen, something seems like it's just going to go absolutely haywire this year. And it's just going to be a dog shit season for Kirk Cousins. That is my ultimate opinion. Luke. All right, so I guess we're doing two each. So my first one, uh, I Bijan Robinson is going to lead the league in rushing this year. As a Texas fan, it's music to my ears, but that's a, a Texas Arkansas fan, which is a, a contradiction. But a rookie possible that offense, I, I like it. 
No, I freaking I love it, man. So they, I mean, they they still got uh, Algier in the backfield. Like one of y'all said earlier, they they led the league in rushing last year or rushing attempts. Like they literally, they're, I think they're going to go balls to the wall rushing the ball, rushing the ball. Uh, Arthur Smith loves to run the ball. I mean, he had Derrick Henry in Tennessee. I think the whole whole reason, I mean, people were saying, hey, this Falcons team has plenty of holes. If they take Bijan, that's a luxury pick. It's they took him, okay, and it's a luxury pick because they want to run the damn ball. And that's what they're going to do. And that's, I mean, that's how Arthur, Arthur Smith sees how they're going to win games. So, and I mean, Bijan's got the freshest legs in the league. He's got, and yeah. he's got some of the most talent in the league and he's got a good O line. I, and he's, I mean, he's got, a, I, I imagine Pitts is a great blocker. I don't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah. It, it, who knows what they're going to do with Pitts? That's a whole nother yeah, thing. Right it, there. A, I mean, terrible, that's though. a, but he, he adds to a red zone offense. You know, you got to, you got to, exactly. Yeah. Take care if of they him, use him, it's just of, one of those things. Yeah. Drake London's another guy in the red zone you got to take care of. They added a couple of receivers this offseason. Like, I, I just, you know, nothing crazy to where they're going to be passing it, but I think Bijan's just going to go berserk. This, I think he's going to have a Zeke like rookie year, berserk. if not better. Fantasy tip. I would look at Bijan at the end. If you're picking at the end of the first round, I would definitely I'd look at Bijan early first I'm, round. I might yeah, take I was Bijan with he my ain't making pick. it to the end in our Hell no. I, I really, yeah. no. The Hell one pick no. in one of my 10 man leagues, I might take Bijan one. That. Biggie, where would you take Bijan? Uh, four or five, honestly. What's the ceiling on Bijan? I, See, I, like, highest I would take it. I at? really think. It's one. I think it's one. I'm taking you him think one. one? Ooh, I, I think I I think it's three for me I, I just look, because I, I look at it how McCaffrey Buzz, Buzz saw Buzz saw picked Zeke won his rookie year a few years or is that that's exactly how I see it. Like B, I think Bijan could be the best fantasy running back. Yeah, this year. it's possible. And, I'm not I'm not saying it won't. I just like McCaffrey. We'll, we'll, we'll get, I we'll get like into some motherfuckers here in a few weeks. So many other guys here, here in like a month. It's still run. It's still heavy fantasy, but okay. What's your other one? Okay. And so my other one, I have uh, Big E. So I have John Mechie is going to be the best player on the Texans this season. Hey, I like it. I like it. Yeah, just, I mean, dude, you look at, he's never played in the NFL, but you look at a dude played in college, watch any game where that dude's playing or like a couple, I mean, maybe the season when he got cancer. I don't know if he got it in the college or NFL, but dude, like I think it was like literally I, right after he got drafted. Uh, basically, yeah, I, I think anyone after he traded up. Yeah, anyone that watches college football knows the John Mechie touchdown celebration where you look like you're a freaking karate kid about to kick, like a mother. You know, like at the final scene of the movie, dude. Like watching him at Bama, it's like watching J- Jalen Waddle. You know, like that dude has got wheels on him. He get like he can. He's insane. I think. Obviously, coming back from cancer is nothing that any of us could even fathom, describe, especially going into an NFL season. But I just think that dude has a lot of like, a lot of good character. A lot of good he's got a good attitude about yeah. coming and, back too. And he's I hyped think, up about it. And I don't think Stroud is going to see anyone that he likes more than him open in the field, and especially with the ball in it <clears throat> after the ball's in his hand. So I really think uh, Mechie's going to go off this year. I like Very it. Good. I, I love. Good. I love some Texas kudos. Texans kudos. It's always nice to hear. So my 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 two bold predictions. So my number my first prediction is that the New Orleans Saints get the number one seed in the NFC. So th- this is this is very and shout out Buzzsaw. This is very. Wow. This yeah, is very what? Buzzsaw last year predicted for Philly to get the one seed in the NFC last year. It's kind of Buzzsaw s. No one picked Philly. Wow. No one's picking the I Saints. I don't like this. Um, coming into this year, obviously for starters, right. The Saints have the second easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. They're getting six games against the Bucks, P- 
Panthers and Falcons. There's a good chance they can go six and But you're worse there. than all of them. No. No, the Saints are the favorite. The Saints are the Vegas favorites to win the division. Okay. So, on the offensive side of the ball, this is arguably Derek Carr's best supporting cast. He's getting arguably one of the best deep ball receivers in the NFL, Chris Olave. Derek Carr is one of the best deep ball receivers in the league. Alvin Kamara's suspension we just saw just got thrown off. He's coming back next year. Jamal Williams is coming in there. Michael Thomas, another year removed from his injury, suspension, all his fiasco. But then beyond that, it's the Saints defense where I think they're really going to be carried. Coming into last year, many of us had the Saints defense as the best defense in the NFL. They were still six in points allowed last year. And keep in mind, the Saints defense last year was in an extremely negative game script more times than not. With Taysom Hill mm-hmm. and Andy Dalton on the field, we had turnovers. We had zero time of possession for the offense. That defense Three and was out. dog fucking tired. And why should that defense have been motivated? They were playing with Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton at quarterback. Now you get a motivated Derek Carr in there that's going to lead, I think, a decent offense. And you have – in the Saints defense, you have elite-level production at all three levels. You have Cam Jordan on the D-line. You have DeMario Davis at linebacker. You have Marshawn Lattimore, who was hurt for most of last year coming back. Marcus May, Tyron Matthew. I mean, and this defense is one of the most experienced veteran defense that has played together for a long time. Now, this defense is fucking elite, especially in a weak NFC. I think there's a – and it's bold. Yes, it's bold. The Saints are not supposed to be the one seed. But for my bold prediction – this is the one that I convinced myself enough to where, okay, I could actually see this happening based off of the the mindset, the talent on the defense, and then the philosophy and motivation for Derek Crow on the offensive side of the ball mixed in with the talent they have. My concern is Dennis Allen. I think he's a terrible head coach. And it also is concerned with Pete Carmichael, yep. even though Pete Carmichael has been with Sean Payton for years and years and years since like I think 2006 didn't show it last year though and he was Pete Carmichael was terrible last year um whole team was because I had Kamara my fantasy team and the fact that they would run Kamara first and second down up the middle and then they would put in Latavius Murray for third downs I don't understand that I'm hoping Pete Carmichael can reel it back in and flip the script on that and use Kamara what Kamara is still best used Kamara is still a very good player when he played last year he was elite. They just didn't use him right. My thing with the Saints is like you're you're taking a team that last year they didn't do much. Like where where are they getting motivation? Okay, so they have their old team last year. Okay, you take that. Your team's kind of whatever. You're like, all right, we were wishy washy last are year. Talented we, team. Yeah. Okay, but you're like we were middle of the pack last year. Whatever. You're like, okay, yeah, Injuries sure. We had we had fucking Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, but Jameis oh, Winston barely. No, no, no. Jameis Winston barely played. It was Taysom Hill, Andy Dalton. Regardless, I mean, Jameis might. Jameis, was, Jameis is probably worse than Taysom. No, so. he's not. Jameis was good when he played. Okay, well, still for the Saints at least. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't remember him. Taysom Hill him, is but, um, Taysom Hill is a fucking he's mad a quarterback. Yeah. No. So literally, yeah. My thing is like, so you take that and then you get this guy Derek Carr, who literally didn't work with the team that drafted him, that believed in him so much. What do you mean the team? That, Derek Carr was productive as hell for the Raiders. Yeah, for Derek a couple Carr, years. Derek Carr had very good season with the Raiders. But I'm look saying at he Derek fell Carr, off after a couple Look years. at Derek Carr's career with the Raiders. Did he ever have a good head coach? No, does no. he ever have a good head coach? No, he still did. No, he didn't. No, he doesn't. Did he ever have offensive weapons legitimately besides Devontae Adams? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't follow the Raiders. The Raiders' defense his whole career were some of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yep. Derek Carr inherited one of the worst situations a quarterback could inherit. In, my my however, thing though is like Oakland slash Vegas. Okay, when have you ever seen Derek Carr like 
come out on top, like be be the guy winning the game. Anytime the Raiders have ever won a game in the final seconds, it's because they get a fucking pick six miraculously. Like Derek Carr, the one time he had a fucking chance to win a game was against the Cowboys, and he fumbled the ball for Jeff Heath to pick up at the goal line. That's the only memory gonna, I have. That's your Derek argument Carr. that he fumbled in that one game against <laughs> the Cowboys. Well, okay, you tell, tell me, tell <laughs> me his greatest game. What's, what, well, Derek Carr teammate. beat Justin Herbert to get them in the playoffs, not last year, the previous year. Yeah, and yeah, Brandon Silly made a bonehead move, but Derek Carr played great that game. I love. And what they do no, the next game? They lost in the playoffs. But that's my whole argument is that Derek Carr has had no talent. Derek Carr has inherited literally minimal talent in Oakland slash Las Vegas his whole career. He dealt with the John Gruden fucking. All that bullshit. He dealt with Henry Ruggs killing yeah. someone. Do you not remember, Derek like, when after, like, in, like, 2017 or 18, the Raiders and the Cowboys were, like, the two top team, like, supposed to be the two yeah. best teams in the season, and then the Raiders and, sucked dick. And why were the Raiders in that position? <laughs> because, it was because of Derek Carr. Yeah, because he had Amari Cooper, too. Yeah, he had Amari Cooper. What else did he have? I don't, that was, I don't know. That was 2016. The Ra- no, the Raiders were in that position because of Derek Carr. Exactly, and he fell off. Because what? Because he, he, they got John Gruden. They had Henry Ruggs. Derek John Carr Gruden. has been the fucking master of dealing with controversy his whole career. You could not say in the past six, seven years there's been a quarterback that has dealt with more controversy and fiasco in the front office and just off the field shit than Derek Carr. Derek Carr has dealt with so much drama and so much shit. Okay, that's Derek fair. Carr, Derek Carr has been yeah. the staple for those Raiders teams. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been the great, reason like, those what, Raiders what has teams he done have been on the field that's been so great though. I love he's a three-time Pro Bowl. Derek, Derek. Carr, I mean, bro, Daniel Jones is probably a fucking Pro Bowler at this point. It's not has like Derek, that has Daniel Jones made a Pro Bowl. I don't know. No, he hasn't. And what has Daniel Jones done before Brian Dable? Nothing. Not much. Nothing. Derek, Daniel Jones before Brian Dable was considered a colossal bust, and everyone was ready to move off Daniel Jones until they got Brian Brian Dable. You give Derek Carr Brian Dable. Derek Carr's had like four coaches. Exactly. How is a so okay? So you're, you're literally saying you move off one coach and you get one, and then they're gonna be better. Like, dude, no, no, no. I'm saying that's a big reason of why Derek Carr hasn't been able to thrive on a very high level. And he's what? getting another shitty ass coach, though. You literally said that yourself. Yeah, he's getting a shitty coach, but he's also inheriting probably the best roster he ever has. There's more okay. organization Na- structure to the Na- Saints Na- than Na- the Raiders. Na- name a Raiders that. roster yeah. that's better that for his whole career in six, seven years, but is better than the current Saints roster. There's, pro- okay, defense, there's, there's not one, but defenses aren't even a conversation. Not even a conversation. I, I just, I just don't. I personally don't have is. that belief in Derek Carr that he's going to make them. A, a, I don't even know if he's going to make them the best in their own division. Like uh, seriously, I. Well, and that's why it's all, a bold prediction. I'm not I, saying Derek Carr's going to be the one thing. That's for a bold prediction. That's what I bold absolutely predictions are. love hearing a Cowboys fan stick up for the Saints and stick up for Derek Carr. For I, sure. I respect Derek Carr. That's Everyone awesome shits on As Derek Saints Carr. Fan, like Derek, Saints fan, like I, I really perfect. believe if, if you were to, if, if Dak was to be drafted, because I think they were like a year or two apart of being drafted, right? right? If Derek Carr and, and Dak were to be drafted by the if Dak was drafted by the Raiders and Carr was drafted by the Cowboys, I think there's a really good chance that the Cowboys may have been an NFC championship by now. And that yeah. Dak Prescott potentially could That's be a, a backup okay. type I actually of player. With that. That's there's a, there's a definite it. argument that Derek Carr is better than Dak, and it's very, very, very close. And I think that both of those guys are in the same realm. Derek Carr has some better traits than Dak. 
and Dak has played with a much better team than Derek Carr has. And ultimately, I mean, this is coming from a Saints fan right here. I don't believe that we're going to finish with the best record in division. I'm not going to. I think that we're going to win the division. I think that the Saints trading for Derek Carr is the Saints telling their fans, hey, don't stop buying season tickets. We ain't giving tickets. up, baby. Yeah, we, yeah, we ain't giving up. Don't stop buying season tickets because we're going to win divisions. And the Saints, and the Saints a are they're a winning franchise. Yeah. yeah the Saints, there's more yeah. structure. It's, it's a winning yeah. fr- The Raiders have ne- – uh, back in the day they were. I just The Raiders yeah, of the past 20 man. years is not a yeah, winning franchise. I don't – I mean, Raiders have been a laughingstock the past 20 years. In the past 20 years, Derek Carr has been the only element that has kept them in any sort of consistent, mediocre talk. Outside Without Derek of, Carr, bro, in the I mean, past six, seven years. I feel like he's years, always had at least decent weapons on the field. Like Outside of he uh, produce like yeah, crazy. Yeah. He, Cameron okay. Jordan, the yeah, Saints pull, pull don't, don't have a defensive line, though. Like we, Brian Brissett, we had two defensive tackles on the roster at one point. Saints secondary is nasty, though. Our secondary is very good. And, and Demario Davis is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He's been great his whole he's, career. Yeah, he's he's, he's awesome. Great. And I mean, ultimately, Marcus Lattimore missed eleven games last year. Yeah, too. and and now that we got him coming back, and I think Paulson Adebo is going to be better this mm-hmm. year. Marcus May, Marcus May, the Honey Badger. We just got Tyron Matthews playing back in his home state. Um, we drafted uh, Avante Taylor or Alante or Avante. I don't know from Tennessee. I think I got him last year, didn't you? Oh, he did. Yeah, and he yeah. actually played pretty good. Yeah. Regardless, I think that. We could probably win a playoff game, maybe two playoff games. No, a playoff NFC, game. NFC, I mean, there's a chance in the NFC. That's the thing. Like, uh, I'm, the my, chances my, is there. there is and my thing with this take, my take, there's not a zero percent chance. My thing with this take, they have, they, they didn't, okay, first of all, they're in the worst division in football. Yes. They have the yes. second easiest strength of schedule. They yes. didn't win the division last year. They have a cupcake. I can pull up their. You remember? Schedule you remember you how want. the Cowboys were supposedly in the easiest schedule or easiest comp division last year, and then the Eagles ended up being like the best team in the league. I feel and then like the Giants ended up playing the Eagles and the Giants were going to be better though. I wouldn't have. But said that's what that I'm saying. Like, NFC dude, like East was the and, and, and some no, and some people are getting a little bit higher on the Falcons and like and on the no, Panthers. No, but the like, Bucks, but the you, Bucks are not going to be good. Bucks, Bucks are going to suck dick. That's they're like they're like the, the Red Panthers. Skins, okay? I mean, unless Bryce Young comes in and lights up the world, the Panthers are going to suck. The Bucks and, are going to suck, and the, the Falcons, Falcons have Desmond Ritter at quarterback. And unless does yeah, unless the Falcons is kind of shit. And Bijan okay. is like the best I, running back ever. Let, let's go through. It. I I have and, and again my whole my whole thing on this. I don't think this is it's a bold prediction for that's right. What I clarify is bold. What's okay. not? So you go through and just tell us who you think okay. is going I'll, to win, I'll, I'll and then we'll discuss afterwards. Okay. Yeah, this is the Saints schedule. Week one, Tennessee Titans. Okay, I think it's a win. One and zero. Yeah. Week two, Panthers. Two and zero. I think it's a win. Week, two and zero. Week three, the Packers. I think that's a win too. Three and zero. Week four, the Bucks. Four and zero. Week five, the Patriots. That's a loss there. Five and four one. Four and four one. Four and one. Week six, the Texans. Five and one. Five. Sorry. Week seven, the, the Jags. Five and two. Week eight, the Colts. Six, six and two. two. Six and you know two. what? I, I'm, they got the Colts and Bears. I'm gonna say they lose one of those. So six and them. three. So six and three. Week ten, the Vikings. We'll go. We'll go six and four. Six and four. Okay. Week seven, the Falcons. Seven and four. I think they're beating the Falcons. I really think they could sweep the division. I really yeah. believe that. Um, week thirteen, the Lions. We'll we'll be generous. We'll give them a loss. Seven and five. 
Week eight, the Panthers, eight and five. Giants, I think I took them losing the the, the Bears. The uh the Bears Vikings do I'm gonna pick them to win. That's eight and five. It's at home too. The Rams nine and nine five. five. Bucks ten and five. And I think they're gonna win the division. That Falcons. That wouldn't eleven add up. and That'd five. A, that wouldn't even add up. Oh. We missed one. So okay, regardless, Ooh. they win they win twelve games. They have a shot at the one seed. So Yeah. I see this. That's I, true. I definitely in a think week the, NFC. The I, I will I have to admit they do have a crazy week yeah. schedule the, like, the, they, 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 they have, thing, they have they're playing second. their division and then in the afc dude, they're playing dude, also the, the afc south the best, right? the, which is also the, the, the second the best or, team the weakest division. the, the, the weakest, best team yeah. the, the best division. team they play is like the lions or the patriots yeah they they really i didn't realize how easy their schedule was i think it was like a 42 percent yeah, win uh, for their schedule i'd say i i still don't see them getting the one but i, I definitely see them making you don't have to playoffs. see them getting the one but to say there's no chance they get the one Last year, no one said the Eagles were going to get the one seed, but they went out and did it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm just not putting money. Especially on when it. you look at like these top dogs, like the Eagles. Have you seen the Eagles schedule? No, the Eagles, I, I haven't looked at any schedule. The Eagles tough. have a fucking gauntlet. Ahead I only looked at the schedule for the the four teams I mean, in the dude, division. Like they're playing division winners. Like That's like, why. like when we look at the the Saints schedule, I mean. How many playoff teams are they facing? Like four. The Giants. I mean, one. I don't even know if I count the Giants as like a, a a playoff team. Right. You know, the Lions, a playoff team. Patriots. The Vikings. Team. Vikings the, were, but yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the the hardest teams they are playing are teams that are like wild card playoff. No, wait, teams. literally. Like what is what them. is their hardest game of the entire year? It's probably the fucking Patriots. At or Lions. the Patriots. Chiefs. But, Chiefs week one. That's preseason. Oh, okay. At Patriots is the toughest game. They have the easiest. They they schedule. easily have the. They have such an easy schedule, man. That is crazy. Who ranked as an easier schedule than them? Probably one of the NFC. How South can you? Or AFC I don't think South. you can. Know, draw but they're they're the second schedule. easiest yeah, schedule. Besides maybe the AFC. But yeah, South. that's yeah. my thing. It's like they're they're, and you know, and after the Kamara thing, Kamara is going to play this year. And with this prediction too, I'm banking on the fact that Pete Carmichael is going to flip this. Pete Carmichael is going to look at last year's tape. And say, like that, throw any, up. that any homer could say that it had Alvin Kamara on their fans team. Like I didn't say, yeah. why the hell was I running Alvin Kamara thirty two belly up the gut on first and second on the pro thirty two. Like that belly. is not how you use Alvin Kamara, who has been one of the best receiving backs in the league since he has gotten here. You don't use him that way. It was painful to watch. All right, so that's my first one. My second one. So my second one is that Stain or Stain. My second one is Shane Steichen wins coach of the year and Anthony Richardson wins offensive rookie of the year. Wow. So with this take, don't I don't think it. Anthony Richardson is going to be a good long-term quarterback. You're on the legs. But has Anthony Richardson's comp, his good comp obviously has been Cam Newton. And what didn't we see Cam thrives when he was young and athletic and injury-free and he was running the fuck out of the ball. And that's what Shane Steichen is going to ask of him. Shane Steichen with the Eagles last year, they ran an RPO offense. Jalen Hurts ran crazy. Anthony Richardson this year, the Colts, is going to run crazy. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Jonathan Taylor. And on paper, their offensive line still one of the best in the league. Their offensive line yeah. didn't perform that good last year. But in this case, I see a bounce back from the Colts to the line. And same thing like the kind of NFC South. AFC South is pretty fucking bad as well. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's bad. And – and if the if the Colts can sneak into a wild card spot 
and Ooh. Anthony Richardson get some big time rushing numbers. Shane, if if the Colts get in the playoffs alone, Shane Steichen is going to be right up there for coach of the year. Definitely. First year head coach, rookie quarterback, he's going to be right up there. And then yeah. Anthony Richardson tearing it up on the ground. I don't know how he's going to do passing the ball, but with him and Jonathan Taylor in this RPO offense, they could tear it up on the ground. You know, if we get Quentin Nelson motivated again, Braden Smith going, you know, Ryan Kelly, yeah. these guys who have been proven as capable linemen turning it back around. I, I like that as a bold prediction as well. Don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Yeah, I think. I think there's a. Chance. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's I feel like it's really hard to win. I mean, maybe it's easier to. I think it's easier to win Rookie of the Year as a defensive player, honestly, because on offense, it's, my, my it's kind it's of offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because so like offensive separate. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's true. They do have two separate ones. I forget, but um, yeah, I mean, that's um, the offensive rookies in the NFL. There really isn't. I mean, I would. I still need to really think about who I would say is my favorite. But I mean, Richardson does have a chance to, you know, get the most production and the best numbers, and and also the best highlights too. That's also kind of part of. Yeah, there's and only I, one yeah. rookie of the year though for offensive defense, right? Bijan probably. Not... Well, no, Bijan would probably be my other rookie yeah. of the year guess, but I, I don't hate yeah. it. I don't hate it though. Yeah. If if they make it to the playoffs, I think, yeah, Anthony Richardson's yeah. winning. He's if they, if they make Stike a wild card, coach yeah. my, my dark pick for offensive rookie of the year is Jackson Smith and Jiba. I think he's going to go crazy in the slot. I just don't Seattle. think there's enough production to go around for him to be honest. Tyra, Tyra Lockett and DK are we'll going to take yeah, up my, a lot. He's, this is my, my dark horse. I just yeah. – Him, Quentin you know, Johnson. Hey, hey, it's like think well, about with, Ohio but, State. There wasn't but, – they had two other receivers that were better, but, but he's no, in the Smith, slot getting but, open. But Smith and Jiba was like the guy for Ohio State's passing attack. For an entire year, and he was the, the now there, there's Marvin but, Harrison. He's yeah, they had they had Marvin, yeah, they, they, they had Chris Olave, they had Garrett Wilson. When he was there, they had all those players. But, but we're saying with his prime, it was him and Marvin Harrison. Yeah, yeah, probably I mean, take Marvin Harrison. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so he was the second there. No, he was two. ahead of Marvin Harrison for a year, and then Emeka Egbuka. And no, New because England so so he the year that he was ahead of Marvin Harrison, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were there, and then and then. This past season, James or not Jameson, uh, Marvin Molson came. Well, even beyond that, oh, I, just, right. I just, I just, I just you're don't. Right. You're right. So he's only right. right. too. I just, right. I just don't think there's enough passes to go around for him to put up numbers wise with DK and Lockett. That's fair because well, they're going to run a lot and too. They, they, they also, they, got, they, they also drafted Zach, Zach Charbonnet, Charbonnet yeah, so and they have Kenneth Walker as well to where so they're going to want to run the ball. I think so. Yeah, that that makes fair sense. But I think that for rookie of the year, for offensive rookie of the year, it's pretty much based on stats. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Except when Dak beat Zeke. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we have one more question. It's our fun question. I don't know if I've asked this before, and if I did, I don't think the podcast got recorded for it. But my question is, what is the least amount of money you would take? It's okay. The least amount of money you would take to get punched in the face by a prime Mike Tyson bare knuckle and you're also guaranteed that you will not die. But you're not guaranteed that you will not suffer any brain okay. injuries. Uh, are my medical expenses already paid for? Yes. Um, but you're not guaranteed. If you go retarded so like, after... Like literally, no, so like literally... But you're, you're not going to die. Everything, you know you're not like die. Even, even whenever I have to take off work, I'm getting paid? Yes. You're getting workers' comp. Workers' comp. Okay. Um, yes. If you have to take off, we're getting workers' comp. If you have hospital so, bills, your hospital bills are getting paid. So is it like he's... He, is he like standing like his feet are still and he's punching me? Or is it like I'm literally like standing there, arms behind my back, and he gets to like run... And set his feet and punch me. <laughs> no, it's his power punch. Like you're just standing there, and then he's 
probably like his fucking Mike Tyson's got left, you against the ropes. That's left, what's, what's yeah, going yeah. on. Five hundred grand. Uh, it's a million. It's one punch. Least. It's one punch at least. A million. A million. A million at I least. Even go I I honestly want to say five million because it would fuck you up so bad. And your medical bills. I mean, you're gonna get but it it's covered, one but... punch. No, though. you're getting that covered. medical bills are covered. So my thing too, like, so Still, if I if I had to get, not used like, to getting hit by Mike. If Tyson I had to get like fight. thirty different plastic surgeries to get looking like myself again, you're not. I don't think he's gonna bust you up like that off one. No, punch. you're not gonna get like UFC brutalized. I was it's thinking just gonna literally it's be one punch. Is it it's okay? One punch. Here, I was thinking. I mean, bare knuckle. I'm either getting brain damage or I'm breaking my jaw. So it's not, it's not as bad, actually, with bare knuckle. Mm. Mm, yeah, I think mm, the bone. Yeah, I the thought bone. with the force of the glove versus Well, what happens, uh, the reason why they, they don't fuck with boxing gloves is because over time, you're not seeing the damage on your face, so you continue to eat shots. Whereas, like, bare knuckle boxing, it's fucking very quickly apparent that you just got fucking so yeah, socked. You're, you're a bo- your cheekbone's getting broken, probably. Or it's bone on bone, basically. Yeah, you're, you're, bone on bone's clashing. Your cheekbone is breaking. Your jaw's breaking. If he hits you in the temple... You could be probably, fucked. You could be fucked. Yeah, and if Take he the hits risk, you, though, of going retarded. The thing is, is that boxers, <laughs> professional boxers, train their necks. How many dudes yeah. do you know around here who do neck exercise? I don't do I, well, it's I like, the gym four well, times a week. I'm not like, going to do a single fucking well, neck no, no, exercise. You, 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 right, you, right when he's about to punch you, you go, you just, you, you go limp and you relax. It's like getting a car wreck. Like we see people that survive car wrecks are people that go completely limp. If you try to tense up, you're going to get hurt more. Yeah. You just, you accept, okay, it's going to happen and you fucking take it. You be real careful though, because I mean, that. That would be uh, so fucking I, bad. I, I would honestly, God. I would honestly say you. Number? I think a hundred grand. I think Cole. I was gonna say Cole's going. Cole sounds like he'd go cheap. So I, I, I think a hundred. I, I like. I, I think a hundred grand. I maybe have to go get some surgery on my face. It's already paid for. I'm out of work for like a month or two. It's paid for. You get, but then after all that, I'm back in an okay for a hundred grand. Yeah. Hundred grand. Hey, I just got a feeling he's gonna hit me so fucking hard in the temple. It's just like lights out. Because I don't think he's gonna hit you hard enough to where like like you literally like become like. But at that like, point, retarded. Biggie, it's literally. I think any you're, number you're, you're you pick, like the, it's the either bones money or death. <laughs> I, I say a million just because I know I'm though, not dying. You could lose an That's eye. why I said five hundred grand, dude. That's, I can make that's a life good off point. That. I mean, if he breaks, I just I want to fuck with Mike Tyson. Right here. That's dude, my thing. That's yeah. That's fucking long term. You may not have an eye afterwards. Turn you into a fucking Voldemort if he hit you in the <laughs> nose, dude. Like, I mean, there's there's some serious repercussions. I say a mill. Just you could be like, the most loaded Make a Wish kid ever, too, if that happens. So I would rather there's. <laughs> That's kind of my logic right there. So the what about when you're not a kid anymore, though? Like you're just. No, but I'll be able to act like it. Make a, money. Yeah. <laughs> make a wish, man. I would rather <laughs> make, make a wish out of me, Mike. <laughs> I would rather fight certain UFC fighters and try and make it around than take one fucking punch. Yeah, I I agree. There's okay, UFC okay. fighters who I'd we'll, rather fight we'll, for we'll, a fucking round okay. and let them inflict damage on me until I'm unconscious on the fucking they get hit ground. By Mike. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well to Mike. parlay that. What's the least amount of money you would take to get in the ring? UFC octagon style with Francis Naganu. Oh, get in the oh ring like God. him boxing? Yeah, like UFC. No, no, it, you, no UFC. No, like it's MMA. Oh, in the UFC. MMA. He could kick oh. you in the head, punch uh, you in the head, whatever. Uh, oh, like, but it's like, yeah, once he hits you, like one good I'm hit. Gonna you know, I'm going to need a life insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's 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 the same stipend to where same like, stipend. Okay. Yeah, 
your your bills are paid for. Your work comes paid for. Um, yeah, man, I think that's fair. I'd probably he say five hundred. Leg. He kicks me in the leg. First of all, it, you it have to make it my fucking way? leg. No, no, no. no. Just fuck down, with you the whole round. Down the no, leg, no. Be he, no. He's looking at you like a. He's looking at you like it's a championship fight. Like I want to kill this motherfucker. So he's so he's gonna walk in and probably throw like one like like of his like deadly left hooks and then you're done. So it's probably just a left half. hook, I'll do, but, he, right. but he also has the gloves 000. on with that, with that, with that, with that situation. That yeah, and those gloves aren't like boxing. You're still gonna feel it a lot more than you yeah. will in a boxing. Yeah, game. you actually feel it more than a boxing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would knock five hundred thousand off my number for the Tyson argument if he had a glove on. But if it was bare knuckle, yeah, the amount of knuckle. damage that he could do is just fucking. Yeah, yeah, his temple may be stuck. Well, like Big E said, what side of your face would look the same ever again? I mean, like Big E said, though, you may be able to be like the make a... You might be able to throw out the first pitch like the All-Star game or something. Make a wish superstar, baby. Make a wish All-Star. You'd probably... hang out your mouth You know how many, like, promo events they'd let you do if, like, you were the guy that got knocked out and became retarded for that? Like, they'd be like, oh, this kid's throwing out the first pitch at the All-Star game. That would burn off so fast, though. Like... Yeah, this, this, this kid's throwing the first bro, pitch in the world series. Bro, this guy got knocked the hell out by Mike Tyson. You know, dude got dropped. Yeah, you know, that's the dude Tyson. that got Mike by yeah. dropped by, by Mike. You know, and people are like, dude, bro, that was three years ago. You, yeah. you, 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 you need to go. I think you need to go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, I think you need to know what's going on. You would become, you would become a social media celebrity overnight from that. You'd get verified. You get a million followers. Off, think about off the money you could make off the, all the followers you'd get from being the guy that got punched. You would be that the guy amount of that, podcasts you would go on. That you'd get the revenue. Oh, share you would of be that guy podcasts. that that shows up on people's random Instagram feed, and you're like, "Why is there special needs people pulling up on my?" Instagram? You would look like Officer Doofy from fucking Scary Movie for the rest of your yeah. life. Just Officer Doofy. I don't know, man. It depends if you want that bag. You want that? Hello bag or TikTok. Not? Yeah, hello TikTok. You probably remember me from getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson. By Mikey. We're close now. Yeah. Yeah, ten years on the line it might be kind of bad. But all right, boys. It's been nice. Let's put a bow on it. Yep. Let's